entered the building. Place in me nation. Welcome back to everyone's favorite podcast where all the hypothetical listeners come for for NXT recaps from six years ago. And that's PTV NXT. Let me bring in my um, wonderful co-host, the pillars that hold this pod up. I'm just here for the party. And that would be Jennifer Smith. How are you doing, Jenny? I'm good. What are you talking about? You're the leader of the party. Uh, again, though. I am the. I'm trying to think of what NXT superstar would be. I am the. Um, Adam Rose. The, the Adam Rose, exactly. <laughs> you are, no, but y'all are higher up on the totem pole than Rosebuds, I think. But um, Tim, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, this podcast is a hypothetical favorite, and I like how you sort of dismissively say we review NXT matches from six years ago like like uh wrestling retrospectives are not like a thing in the mm-hmm. podcast community like that's you know some shows review matches from as far back as 20 years ago and it's mm-hmm. like oh this fucking show doing six-year-old NXT matches uh, who would listen to that just hypothetical listeners right I, I feel like I, it, uh, I think it fits our our deal though I also yeah. uh, a nice little a reference to our fave podcast fave uh, Adrian Neville and his self burial. Well, true, yeah. We're like him, very humble yet, um, you know, extremely good and supreme athletes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Sounds like shredded, us. Shredded physiques. And we all have speech impediments. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, where's he from in England? Let's watch that thing. Where was oh he god was, um said, uh, i'm just a little uh like these are is a big thing just for someone who's just a little i, I don't want to say the wrong thing i keep on the same I know. Yeah, I know that's wrong <laughs> uh what was it it was like a a lorry i don't know i'm wrong like every time i guess slur. i don't yeah. know say like a british slur or something but um the kebab shop i think is what you're looking for <laughs> yes of course Salut kebab shop. Be far worse than other slurs that have been said on podcasts <laughs> recently. <laughs> right. Gypsy anyway, Americans. Uh, okay. Um, All right. Speaking of slurs, let's get let's get to our gimmick <laughs> names, which are essentially. I'm waiting for one to just, uh, just probably end up being a slur at some point. But uh, Tim, if you have them um, ready to go, could you give us a recap? If not, let me know and I'll vamp. No, I've got it here. So we are uh, currently known as Jake. You are performing under the um, the name Conrad P. Blood. Um, <laughs> so perhaps uh, I, I don't know. Take off on Conrad Thompson. I felt like this one was more of a a manager gimmick than a than an actual wrestler. But um, I have the the very ordinary name for me, Ian Black. I don't remember this at all. And uh, Jenny, you are the um, the great Smokey Walker. Smokey Walker. I think that was an excellent one for me. I think we were a faction, from what I recall. I think we did book ourselves into a faction, yes, because these were like almost workable names as a yeah, name generator. Bad. As the name generator goes, I mean it. It's are, are we sure worth. we want to switch? Are, are we sure it's time for? Maybe did we actually get over this time? Did we? Uh, did we? Did we break well, through the uh, the the um, chance in the styrofoam house. ceiling? I mean, well, here's the thing: we did, but they don't fucking care. So, oh, okay. They're still, well, they're still changing well, it anyway. That sounds right for for reasons. So, okay, even, reasons. even even though blood and smoke is gonna go down as like a cult team, 
Blood and smoke, yes. Uh, Smoky blood. (laughs) Smoky blood. Um, But I will now be, unfortunately, blood is out. I will be Manuel Straggler. Manuel? Manuel. Manuel Manuel. Straggler? (laughs) Manuel. The (laughs) Manuel. That's going to be my uh, nickname. The Manuel. Manuel Straggler. Like, that's what Michael Cole's going to scream. The Manuel. The Manuel Manuel. Like the man beast. (laughs) Rhino. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Um, So, Manuel Straggler. I keep wanting to say Strangler. Yeah, me too. I like Strangler better. Might be better, but Straggler. Straggler's not good. Yeah, definitely makes me seem like I'm Mm -hmm. a a flunky of some sort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's kind of unfortunate for me. Um, I'm making sure we're not getting any repeats here because not full repeats, but I'm getting some that are uh, two similar ones we've got. It's got the pieces. I can see the the bones of ones we've done in the past. Oh, all right. I've got the whole list in front of me, so uh, right. It's okay. Okay. This is a good one. Okay, so Tim, this is going to be this may be a um, this may be a NXT UK gimmick for you tim they might be sitting oh. here across the pond as you're going to be bo- well actually you might be like a okay beauregard shagwell so you are both <laughs> oh. Brit- british and like a civil war general. i was gonna say i think i'm more of a civil South. war reenactor yeah but shagwell sounds like an austin so you're like a, a confederate austin powers oh oh my god all right i kind of like it oh god let me try to spell beauregard beauregard <laughs> Shagwell, okay. Yes, Beauregard Shagwell. All right, put that down. This does not seem that far from something they would do. All right, well, I mean... like these early NXT, like 2014, like April of 2014, I could see Beauregard mm -hmm. Shagwell. Yeah, a southern state sympathizer. (laughs) South will rise again, baby. (laughs) Cosplaying as a Confederate general. Very timely Austin Powers uh, accent yeah. uh, impression by me. All right. So now, oh, okay. So I, I kind of like this one for Jenny. Jenny, you are going to be. This has some Michael Shane from TNA energy because you're going to be Elias Hickenbottom. So clearly, of <laughs> oh. relation to Shawn Michaels. Well, obviously. I mean, that's oh, a wow. plus, right? Right. I mean, he's running the show. Yeah, I wonder if you could have been one of the three Shawn Michaelses, actually. <laughs> That's true. And this is your real name, you know. So, do I get to be a sexy girl then for my gimmick? Yes, I, th- I, th- I think so. I don't There's know. already an Elias, though, that's probably, like, way more over than I'll, than I'll ever be, so. I'm not too sure about that. Mm. Not then. in our world. If we're thinking of this as like modern XT, they're definitely going to play at the bottom part because they're all about the butts now. So <laughs> they are mm-hmm. all about the butts. All about the... There you go. The me hicking that bottom girl. More like Elias <laughs> thicken bottom. <laughs> thicken bottom girls. <laughs> all right. Um, what are we doing? Right. Um, <laughs> Sir. Here we are. All right. All right. I need the Cajun word of the day if I'm a Confederate general here. (laughs) All right. So, um, 
uh, we had a few schedule. So we were we we're <laughs> supposed to do this before Halloween. So yeah. my Cajun word is Halloween related, even though we're a bit past by the time this comes out. But whatever, it's still it's close enough. And that is going to be the word Rugaru. Now, oh, you heard, I love it. Oh, I, I love that word. Yeah. 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 So okay. So. It's still your thug Yeah, in, <laughs> independent research going on here. This so, is a classic, though. We're, we're horror. It is, yeah. Oh, right. We're horror so tell nerds. Me, yeah. Tell me of your prior knowledge of uh, the Rugaru. Uh, well, um, you go first, Jenny. From what I understand, it's like a swamp version of Bigfoot. I was going to say more like swamp werewolf. But yeah, yeah, definitely werewolf leaning. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, pretty much. Y'all are right. I don't know if there's like one. I mean, I'm sure if I went to like the actual technical lore of it, there's some, you know, specific thing. But y'all are in the right realm. It's some kind of like swamp uh, creature. Almost you a two for one here yeah, because cryptid. um a, a general word for like a like a creature or something. Like a monster would be in uh, Babette. Like uh, your mom said, watch out, they might have a Babette under your bed. A Babette. <laughs> Never heard so that. Two for one. So Babette, Babette is just like a general ghoul. And the Rugaru specifically. Rugaru. The Rugaru. Even though I have heard Rugaru used it more generally, like a, just a general like boogeyman. Mm-hmm. So you better watch out for yep. the Babette. But yeah, usually the swamp or the woods. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's like a great our, uh, pick. Mm-hmm. It's fun to say too. Yeah, Rugaru. There was some controversy because I think if you're like a purist, Rugaru is not the right pronunciation. It's like Loop Garu or something, but nobody says that unless they're trying to be like. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say there is isn't there such a thing as like a a Lugaru or something that literally translates right. to werewolf or something. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So I think if you want to be like, you know, if you're like a Cajun linguist, you would go with that. <laughs> and Rugaru has just kind of become more of a slang. Right, right. Well, I feel like the term is is more native to, uh, uh, you know, the the Cajun dialect, and and the creature is more native to that that uh, that part of the world geographically, right? Because it it totally is real. Right, and it is. Uh, it's not like they have those in Paris, France, right? I mean, <laughs> no, they're above that. Sure, no they do. They definitely do. No, they just have it down by you. <laughs> down, down to bio. There's actually so in my hometown, there's an entire Rugaru fest, and it's actually a pretty big thing nice. now. Like, I would people do that. will people will come from. Um, yeah, I know the guy uh, that does it, and um, he's a pretty cool guy. But it, it's basically it ends up being like this huge Halloween festival. It's pretty cool. Like they do a lot of everybody dresses up and stuff. So it's it's yeah, it's just like Rugaru fest. It's pretty good. Like it's. It's pretty mm. solid for like a smaller town kind of, you know, seasonal festival thing. So if you ever, I, I think there are people who like travel for it. I mean, it's not like people are coming from all over the world, but I do think it is a decent, like if you're into that. I think if you're into like Halloween shit, it's like a decent little festival for that. So. Is it in the fall? Yeah, it's right around Halloween. I think it probably just happened. Like, oh, cool. Last, yeah. So there you go. I'll see you guys at the next Rugaru Fest. Uh, Excellent. Year. Yeah. Put on the calendar. <laughs> so um, let's dive into our episodes here. We have three to cover. Um, we'll see if we have any. We'll work in Rugaru. Or we, I, we definitely could probably work in Babette, if nothing else. Um, mm. Some ghouls and creatures. But 
We will uh, we'll start things off with the March 11, 2015 uh, episode of NXT. And we come right out of the gate with Enzo and Cass. They come out and do their spiel. Uh, they start talking shit about the uh, the Lucha Dragons, calling the Geico Lizards, <laughs> and uh, set their sights on the tag team titles, which are, as we've covered, still held by uh, Wes and Bud, our, uh, our good Southern cowboy. <laughs> as um, mm-hmm. Rocco, Rocco told me a while back there that he called them the dubstep cowboys, which seems oh. pretty accurate. But Yeah. But they're going to be facing the Geico Lizards, a.k.a. the Lucha Dragons here, in a tag match. Speaking of that, that's... <laughs> yes, the Lucha Dragon Or mm-hmm. Enzo, uh, he kind of looks like the Rugaru, just like mm. weaker and more feeble. <laughs> um, he's like mid-transformation Rugaru. He's not big enough. He's Well, he's, he's, he's getting there. Like he, first, you get the, the hair, like, mm-hmm. sp- like explodes all over your body, and but the, the rest of him hasn't, like transformed yet right Stunted he's like stuck yeah he's like stuck in phase one rugaru transformation yeah and he's also i wouldn't even say he's gotten a phase one of uh the wrestling transformation because the first thing <laughs> no. he, he kind of starts starts the match off and it's just never there's not much of note when he's in there like he does real basic mat mat work he really leans on the posturing kind of stuff um the commentary is very seriously worried, though, if Enzo's thrown off his game because Mel is not with him. Maybe it's yeah. uh, because mm-hmm. she's not here that that's throwing him off. Uh, the pace picks up a bit when Kalisto gets in there. He starts doing his Kalisto shit, hitting all his um, high spots. Enzo, again, he just doesn't do much on offense to make anything super interesting when he's in there. I mean, he bumps okay, but even his bumps are not, like, amazing. Like, it would be one thing if he has no offense, but he's, like, this amazing bumper, but I mean, by default, he's better at bumping than he is offense, but that's not saying too much. But uh, the uh, the Dragons go for a double team. Cass ends up saving Enzo and then clears out the uh, the Dragons with the, the East River Crossing, which is uh, his finish. And then he tosses Enzo on them, and they pick up the win here. So typical Enzo and Cass match. They uh, Enzo does really nothing, and then Cass comes in to save his match. And again, I don't think that's a bad formula. Right? We've said in the past, like, it's not that bad of a gimmick for – you know, them as a team, as characters, but I just would need a little bit more from Enzo. Like, if he's going to be in there long, like, he's, I feel like he's just got to be a little bit better. Like I said, at least a little better at bumping. Maybe at least give him, like, one or two cool moves to do on offense to at least make the time he's in there kind of interesting. But right now, the time when he's in there is kind of rough. So, I ended up going a star and a half on this, Jenny. What'd you think? Your Lucha Dragons taking the, taking the L to Enzo and Cass. First of all, I was a little bit, um, I'm going to say, put off that they're like, oh, Carmella's not out here because the boys need to focus on this match with the Dragons. Like, just just totally, all she has is a distraction, and it's good that she's not there. Um, meanwhile, in the very next match, it's Carmella's match. Easily, they could have just said, she has a match coming up in a minute. Mm. And that is why she is not out here. Not, at least she's not out here to distract the boys. And frankly, look, they're not, I mean, (laughs) I think it takes all their concentration to like walk and chew gum at the same time. So it's like, (laughs) it's not on her for their concentration problems. So anyway, um, the luchas do look pretty good, but they, it's typical. Like we've seen this, there's not. I would say there's been more 
ups and downs in the luchas and there's been like steady growth um which I, I don't guess is good or bad really it's just maybe a little disappointing because um i i went two on this just because i like the luchas and i do like enzo and Cass in gimmick only i think they're fun you know they really own the crowd um but the wrestling the, even the the luchas are you know really kind of dialing it down for them um the little rocket launcher i don't know if that's the name of the finisher that they did is that a rocket launcher um at the end that looked all right but mm-hmm. uh I, I i don't i just don't see much of a future for enzo and Cass on this run tim um i don't disagree i i was maybe a little bit more forgiving of you guys um forgiving then you guys because i i gave this two and a quarter and the reason for that really is on the lucha dragon so i thought it looked pretty good out there and uh this was actually a longer match than we're used to seeing by enzo and Cass. um mm-hmm. i think it's the same type of match that they've had a bunch of times but this actually uh they give it some some room to breathe where it's not just Oh, we start with with Enzo. He gets his ass kicked for thirty seconds. And then uh, Kaz gets the hot tag, cleans house, and then we do the the double team finish, which take takes all of I don't know a minute. Like you know, you, you've got uh, Enzo playing the the face in peril for I don't know a good three to five minutes of the match. Which uh, again, he, he's not a great bumper or anything, but he can at least get the point across and tell the story in the ring. And again, I like the Lucha Dragons on offense. Um, and I also like uh, Cass just having to come in there, um, basically clean house, uh, wipes out the Dragons, drags Enzo over to his own corner uh, to tag himself in and hit the uh, the East River Crossing, which I think is a pretty cool looking move. Um, and a solid finish. I don't know if they call that that move the rocket launcher, but I mean, it's a good, you know, old school, uh, minute midnight express style finisher. Uh, so I'm going to pop for that. Uh, so I, I don't know, this, this worked okay for me. The, the, um, line about Carmela, the excuse made why she wasn't there. Um, your point is well taken, Jenny. I, I guess maybe I was, um, somewhat more charitable again um i was in some sort of mood maybe when i watched this match <laughs> and um i always took it as like the way that they said it they were like well she's not here because uh end zone cast that they really really need to focus on this match it, they always put it more on them like the the two guys are putting it on themselves that they're fucking dopes who can't you know who maybe. can't maintain their composure when they're it's like it's they're acknowledging it's not her fault they're just they just fucking suck and um if she's not there, then at least they, they don't have any excuses. Um, but I fully agree with you that they just as easily could have said, well, Carmel's got her own match to prepare for. We're going to see that next. And, hey, it, wouldn't that be a handy way to hype the show a little bit? It just um, seems so easy to say it that way. Like, yeah. more natural than the way right. that it was sort of put across. And that's totally. a nitpick and whatever, whatever. But, no, I agree. Yeah, I, I didn't even think of that until you said it. It's like, that's such a easier kind of it felt like a, an excuse um that they're making like at the time like a quick uh oh we gotta patch this over somehow without mm-hmm. 
putting any real thought into it. It, it. You know, it's overthinking it. It's like, just go with the obvious. Right. Right. The, it, as we established, the commentary is kind of incompetent. So I feel like mm. it's, them, it's like they're always trying to come up with some story that's not there. And like, that's what they think they're supposed to do is say, just say some dumb shit like this. And like, I think mm-hmm. Tim's right. Like, they're pro- I think they're trying to play up like, well, Enzo's obsessed with her, but it's just, it, it doesn't go anywhere in the match or anything. So yeah, I just think it's this subpar commentary team trying to. But again, to your point, Jenny, it does make it seem also like, it's got everything's got to be framed through Enzo. Like yeah. That, yeah. Right? Like it's got to be like, well, he's obsessed with her or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. When she's already proven she's a much more impressive wrestler than Enzo. So. Very true. And it also feels very high school. The girls are the problem for distracting the boys when they. Exactly. You know? yeah. I mean, which has always been such bullshit. And it kind of so. goes into effect too because they win the match. So now it's like so, she so was the Carmella has to sit in the back because she right. violated the dress code. Yeah, because she, she looks hot and so fucking distracting <laughs> for idiots. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, I, anyway, <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> but NXT is invading the Arnold Festival next week, guys. Are you ready? Oh, wow. to talk about that in like next few minutes. Yes, the Arnold Sports yeah. Festival. The Arnold uh, Sports Festival, right. Would you rather go to the Rougarou Festival or the Arnold <laughs> Festival? Oh, come on. Yeah. Rougarou. No question. Right. And we also get another uh, little video for the, uh, the uh, I forget the exact name, but the WWE Flintstones. And my biggest takeaway from this was the, <laughs> the Flintstones events voice and character. And <laughs> the Flintstones events was killing me. Don't they call him Mr... He has a weird, like, yeah, uh, Flintstonian. They call him Mr. McMagman or something. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Mr. McBoulder or some shit, yeah. Yeah. McBoulder. This, uh, this stays in our brains long enough. This may end up yeah. being our, I feel like the Flintstones, WWE, might be our Christmas watch. Might be our yes! Road to Paloma. Yes! Our Road to Paloma. Excited. <laughs> Very similar, right? It's only logical. Road to Paloma, Flintstones, WWE. Oh, man. Whatever it was. It can't be any worse, right? <laughs> right. Uh, we then get an Alex Riley hype video. Uh, very generic. It, his whole deal seems to be about rage. Whatever that is. It's time to rage. All this video is about his rage. Well, we'll get some more on that later. <laughs> right. But uh, any, I don't know. I didn't have a whole lot to say. It was a very, I mean, well done, but just real generic video package for our old Alex Riley. Yeah, it's weird I like that a he little... got one, but... Yeah, I guess. They're really trying here. I'll give yeah, them that. They got, a, um, they got a microwave his ass for KO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like his, I like his like, uh, white boy butt rock theme. Interesting, yeah. too. Well, yeah, I ain't rage gonna hate him. Hype. Yeah. Time to rage is the official motto of butt rock. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and we get a um, a much more compelling KO hype, video, hype package just kind of going through his rate of destruction, how he got the title and everything, which, again, a little more engaging because he's actually done something in NXT for us. He's actually the champion, yes. <laughs> right, so we have to have something to look at there. But uh, after that, we go into uh, what Ginny alluded to earlier, which is the Carmella match. She's going to be taking on Alexa Bliss. Um, Corey says that Alexa must have fell in the toilet bowl with that blue hair, but oh my it God. is interesting. Yeah. You could tell, like, it's like, I don't know if he worked himself into a shoot or what, but on all these episodes, Corey is very into Carmella. 
Like his, it's uh, yeah, yeah. Like it's uh, like he must have already had, always had a thing for him because even on these, even when he's supposed to be like the heel and yeah, he's all over. But uh, I like her zebra gear too. Uh, she looks great. Is pretty cool. Yeah. A uh, good flippy sequence by Alexia from the top rope for a roll up. A little bit of thrashing offense by Mella here. Classic uh, NXT thrashing offense. Little meandering, I thought, but I think the offense looks good from both of these here. Good strikes from both of them. Uh, it didn't really last long enough to really build too much momentum. And then uh, Alexa Bliss wins with the uh, the sparkle splash, which is kind of like a twisting moonsault. So she picks up the win here. Were you? Uh, so I ended up going the star and a half. I thought it was a fine match, but they didn't really get a whole lot of time to showcase too much. Um, nothing offensive, but just not enough time to really do a whole lot. But I thought they both looked pretty well. But um, we. Let me get your thoughts, uh, Tim. And were you surprised to see? Mm. I feel like these two have kind of been positioned similarly. So it was. I was almost wondering, like, who's going to get the going to get the win here? Because I feel like they're kind of on an even playing field right now, as far as like where they yeah. stand in the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Well, they mentioned that Alexa is coming back from a minor injury of some sort. Um, I think they said what it was. I didn't catch it, but. Um, yeah, I mean, she's been off for a little bit. It makes sense to give her a, a decent little win here in the mid-card um, to reheat her. Um, you know, Carmella can stand to take this loss. She's still being presented as sort of this rookie. Um, but I'll tell you what I liked about this. Just presentation-wise, it's like, hey, here are two women just having a match to advance as part of a women's division without it having to directly be for the title. And also, it's not over some petty juvenile bullshit, right? It's mm-hmm. like, this is this is how you should book a division, um, where you have title matches and you have, you know, just kind of mid-card matches like this. And uh, I thought it worked pretty well. They complemented each other decently in ring. Carmella, honestly, for a rookie... I thought so showed some real ring savvy in this kind of some, I I dare say ring generalship where she, she makes pretty good use of the ring itself to her advantage at multiple points. Um, and just look pretty confident out there. Um, you know, she kind of takes most of the match, but, uh, Alexa pulls it out with, um, the sparkle splash. Not yes, not yet the twisted bliss, I guess for her finisher. Um, so decent, solid win for her. I went two stars on this. I thought it was perfectly solid. Um, and I also just, I like what it represents for this show. It's not something we've seen a lot of, and I hope we get more of it. I had a lot of those same notes. Uh, a decent little match. I would say Carmella might have worked it a little better than Alexa did. I would agree. Uh, mm-hmm. And yep. it, I've just never been a big Alexa person. Just... Character-wise, in the ring-wise, um, it's just never been a thing for me. Um, she does look good. She looks better. She looks healthy, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about the toilet bowl, but that's a pretty fun, <laughs> like, catty remark from Carmella. Um, who I thought had a lot of attitude um, and really did sort of own the ring. She has, like, a whole... She has more character than some of the other women in the division uh, with very yeah. little matches. So um, I thought this was good for her, too. I liked them both, and I did the two stars. 
Uh, the, also, I did note that crowd was just fucking silent, like just very, very quiet mm-hmm. for a women's match. I don't know if maybe they were stunned because like this is pretty good, but like, right. um, like to see a little bit more support from the crowd. I think in general, the crowd is like, I still don't feel like we've gotten to like frenzied NXT crowd. No. Where they're just like losing it for everything Mm-mm. yet. Like, even sometimes I, I will have what I feel are like really good matches, and their response is a little bit kind of, I don't know, is not super excited. I, for the main events, <clears throat> I feel like they're getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, like it for a KO or something like that. But yeah, for right. this stuff, they're not there. I sort of question how long they've just been sitting watching show after show. Like you never know how many, how many of these they're recording in one cycle. Um, So it's, it's maybe not so much that they don't appreciate the match. They're just maybe a little bit burned out or aren't sure what to make of it. Um, it, Or, you know, this could just be some crowd retraining because again, this is a little bit of a different type of women's match Mm -hmm. than we're used to seeing. Right. And NXT. So we're still we'll still we're still getting on there where like the black and gold NXT mm-hmm. has this like not to use the Alex Roy, like raging fans that just like love everything NXT does. Like there's they're I think they're starting to get there, but we're still a ways away from them fully like Yeah, you know, still mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we're NXT, like the cult of NXT kind of thing where it's everything NXT puts out, like there's a certain sect of fans that are just like eating it up. Uh uh, Still a few taker, takeovers away from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I just mentioned them. So um, we got cut to a very serious Alex Riley. He compares himself to an animal starving in a cage. <laughs> and uh, he's, that he feels like there's no room for him. He just wants one more chance. And he actually wants to thank Kevin Owens for giving him a reason. This is all he has. He doesn't have a family. Uh, which I actually kind of dug what he was doing here. I thought he was channeling some pretty decent emotion. Uh, but it took me out of it when he went to his very forced catchphrase thing. It's time to rage. You know what? It's time to rage. Uh, yeah. Like that took me out of it. I thought it was a pretty good promo up until that point because it felt like decently authentic for, you know, like maybe a bit of a stretch in certain parts. But uh, I liked this fire and everything. But then just felt like they shoehorned this, you know, generic catchphrase in there and just kind of took me mm-hmm. out of it. But otherwise, I liked his uh, I liked this fire. I would agree. Yeah, I thought I was shocked. I was like, I didn't know he had that in him. And the line that stood out is like, I don't have anybody. I don't have family. My family is out there. Mm-hmm. And the, mm-hmm. the way he said it was very forceful and, and very full of emotion. I was like, I don't know. Like, that was very good. And then, like you said, it seemed like it. the promo should have ended about like two sentences before it did. Um, yep. And he didn't he didn't cut it off in time, but a very good effort, I thought. Yeah, this was very um here's the thing. Like this is gonna sound um this is gonna sound sort of uh damning, but but it's not meant to be. Like this was kind of a try hard promo, but yeah. you know what? <laughs> trying hard is kind of better than not trying at all. I which have is, a weakness for trying hard. It, 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 you, know? you know, it's I mean it's there, there's a point where it's like, okay, you could knock it off because you don't have to, but it's like we haven't seen this guy wrestle in NXT, period. Um, we haven't seen him in a WWE ring in God knows how many years now. 
So he's got to do something, right? He's got to say something to give you a sense of who this, this guy is as a character um, and just what he's about. Like it's, he's got a decent storyline behind him. So in some sense that would maybe be enough, but then he, he also just goes that extra mile to, to try to just put himself over. And you're like, Oh, okay. Like I'm kind of actually getting on board with this guy. And, um, you know, I, I like that contrast that he draws between himself and, and KO by saying, you know, Owens is, talks about how he's doing this for his family. He acts like he's so noble and really I have no family and you know, what family I do have, it's out there. And he could have, he could have stopped, you know, that, that could have been the end of the promo. That was enough to punctuate it. But yeah, it, it just goes that, that little bit over the top with, uh, it's all, it's time to rage. Like I just, <laughs> that's where it like felt fake, right? That's, that's everything felt pretty authentic up until that point. And I, I couldn't help but, but laugh at that last line. But I mean, this is, you know, th- this was, he's, he's 90% like right, right on track, you know, with what he needs to be doing. So I can forgive that last little slip up. And he looks like he's surprisingly hot. I will say. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he, he looks I, like, you know, he looks like he hasn't missed a day in the gym. I mean, he, no, he's he tight. Looks like he, yeah, hasn't missed a day <laughs> in the ring either. So we'll see. He's got that beard, I don't know. He looks good. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, we'll see him in ring in the ring in just a sec. Um, but before that, we have a quick Tyler Breeze uh, selfie promo. Um, addressing a Tommy he said he didn't want this feud to get ugly. He said, Well, actually, it had to get ugly because the Tommy is ugly. <laughs> oh god, and so now he has to beat him. So, just a quick hit Tyler Breeze promo, but he gets in one nice little savage line. <laughs> um, <laughs> any thoughts on uh, calling a Tommy ugly? <laughs> I mean, I, I just want to get into Alex Riley. Uh, <laughs> All right, so, I, I hate uh, Tommy, so any of that works for me. All all <laughs> the mocking works for me. Especially I just, from we love Tyler. We love Tyler. So yeah. So petty I and it's fine. I didn't want it to get ugly, but no way to All right. So what we'll Alex Riley's two and up match is gonna be facing uh CJ Parker here. Mm-hmm. Um CJ of course comes out and tries to talk about how the world isn't fair. He ends up being interrupted by um so Tim, I would consider Alex Riley's music. I called it kind of like scream butt rock. Like scream uh, butt would be the oh, yeah. scream butt. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's like kind of like screamo, but like the they're screaming, but the the music, the instruments sound like butt rock. But uh yeah, yeah. it's all his tron is just like the word rage over and over again. It's like <laughs> you would think they were like getting ready to like release an Alex uh, Alex Riley like time the rage t shirt and they were mm-hmm. gearing up to Ooh. sell it for mm-hmm. this like two week storyline. But um, you know, CJ does some rest moves like chops and uh you know, chokes on the ropes and whatnot, but he could not withstand the firepower of Alex Riley, which like you guys said, he's he's pretty swole. He's a lot bigger than I thought he would be. Like mm-hmm. I thought he would be like I don't know, mm. for some reason, he just feels like the Miz to me. Like, him and Miz seem like they'd be brothers almost. Like, they look the same. But he's a little... I've uh, always little, thought he was a little bigger than the Miz, which which made bit. him effective Which made him right. effective when he was in that bodyguard. I mean, not tremendously so, but he was just sort of a taller, thicker dude than Miz. Right. And, and they sort of worked well together because of that. So, I guess 
you know, with these, hey, developmental guys in NXT, he's going to basically dwarf a lot of them, um, as we see here. He did, he had this look to, yeah, definitely bigger than Miz. Like one, I was like, damn, he's pretty, he's pretty thick. And, uh, he, he was definitely Jack, but he had kind of like a weathered look to him, like something about him. Like he looks like he's, he's been through it. I don't know. The longer hair and the stubble definitely yeah, like, just gives you something. Too, like, yeah. He didn't look like super pristine. Like he looked like in good shape, but it wasn't like, like he looked a little weathered. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. when he fires up, he has a nice Samoan drop. I thought when his hair started kind of uh, getting a little frizzy look, for some reason I have Ike Baron Holtz in my, in my notes. He hits a neck breaker and then he finishes him off with a, um, he goes for the blockbuster and he hits it, but is um, is a very slow blockbuster, I have to say. It was a bit, um, mm-hmm. so, you know, not the most impressive, but I think it established that, you know, he wasn't bad in the ring and physically he looked like he belonged in the ring so they accomplished that but otherwise it was pretty much just a squash but so i want to star on it but i think it, it served its purpose jimmy i would agree with all of that all except for the i bear and holds part or whatever <laughs> oh, come that, on. Was, that was dumb um but i mean like CJ Parker is the guy that you want here i guess because <laughs> everybody likes to see him lose um, even though he's trying to take over the takeovers, um, bless his heart. But I did think Riley looked pretty good. Um, and I like your point about him looking a little weathered because it is, it is some, a little something about him. Even, even the tights are a little try hard too, which I kind of like, um, because <laughs> it has like a flame and his name on his butt, you know, that, that looks like a young man's logo, you know? Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if young, you want flames on your clothing. ass and look weathered at the. Jenny same. loves the tryhard aesthetic here. I, I do. I don't. <laughs> you you have recently like we've had some tryhard conversations. Um, I think in the past couple weeks, months maybe. Probably yeah. Probably not on podcast, but yes. No, we, the concept of the, the concept of, yes. Of it. And the more I think about it, the more it's not a derogatory term to me anymore. It's more of an endearing thing. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so, all that being said, to say that I just thought this was good for what it was and gave it one star. Um, wow. Okay. So, I'm just showering these matches with snowflakes tonight. I, I went in a star and a half on this one. Um, so my baseline seems to be, I don't know, a little bit higher than, than you guys. Uh, I was a little bit annoyed just by the fact that, okay, Riley comes out his first match in a while. He has to make this, this big impact. He has to impress commissioner Regal. So he's looking super intense and, and, uh, the crowd is, is, uh, pretty into him. Like he's pretty over with the crowd. And so the bell rings and he just commences to getting his ass kicked by CJ Parker. It doesn't last long, but I don't think like you should open with Parker getting offense on him. Like, I think you want to start hot with, uh, you know, Riley just laying in some strikes or something. Maybe he steps, he slips on a banana peel at some point just to underline the fact that, Hey, he's got some ring rust and Parker gets a little bit of shine. And then, like a hope spot maybe, and then boom, Lariat's 
uh, neck breaker, blockbuster, whatever, wrap it up. I just, I didn't like how it opened with Parker getting the advantage. You know what I mean? Um, mm. Which, I mean, is, is pretty minor in the grand scheme of things. I just, I just think that's kind of a no-no based on what they're trying to accomplish with a guy who's wrestling for the first time in a long time. It just sort of seemed like the wrong approach, but anyway, it, it works for what it is. Um, that blockbuster did look kind of awkward, but probably unavoidable given you're doing, um, that sort of move on a guy who again is uh, much thicker than his opponent. I think a larger dude doing that, executing that against a, a smaller guy is always going to look a little janky. Mm. So it was, it probably looked as good as it was going to, um, given the size disparity here. With so yeah, one for that dumb star rating <laughs> that we yeah, have way too high, right? What is this, uh, re- wrestling chicken salad? Come on. <laughs> you know what? I feel like I maybe should give it the try hard half star. Yeah, you only gave it one. Or is that you? or is that oh. trying too hard? Well, it's weird that I seem to have more criticisms than you guys and yet <laughs> I had the higher <laughs> rating. So I don't know. I, like I don't know what to tell you. I feel like we're entering a weird loop with the try hard thing. Like yeah. try hard. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it I, too hard? I yeah. mean, I need feedback on this. I don't know. Right. Uh, I mean, I think it again. Trying at all is better than not, I think. It's just right. sometimes it can get a little uh, a little much. You could take it down. You could take it down. Like, that was enough. That was good. That was good. You didn't have to sound a rage. <laughs> but what if you just want to rage? Well, I guess you got you got to rage. I, I think you just do it and you don't say it. You don't say that you rage. You, you just don't say rage. it. Yeah, Show that's not the tell. Exactly. There you go. The time. That, that's that's good point. I will take that under advisement. Show don't tell. Yeah. All right. Ko comes out. He calls him Alex Riley and his tattoo dumb. And he says he's going to end <laughs> his career and then he's going to go after Finn. So imagine if he called him a tryhard. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, he kind of, he showed instead of telling, he didn't tell him he was a tryhard, but he kind of dismissed him. He's like, all right, I'm going to come out. You have a stupid tattoo. I'm going to beat your ass and then I'm moving on my life. <laughs> he did call it a stupid back tattoo. Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> I love that. Like all this dismissive stuck stuff in his very like thick Canadian accent. You have a dumb tattoo. <laughs> it's so the great. dumbest man in an XT. <laughs> and, uh, we, uh, we have Alex is crying. It was emotional return. So, Which yeah, it was like hard. he was crying because Kevin hurt his feelings. <laughs> so I'm not sure how well that played out. Talk about my tattoo, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> He's crying. So back to the try hard thing. Like, is it a, like I'm glad they're at least trying to capture emotion? Is it maybe a little bit much having him like you know, like maybe if I thought his you know, his career was actually going to restart. Like, right. I don't think we're all going to be like, ah, oh, yeah, I remember in 2015 when that's when the Alex Riley train picked up steam again. Like, 
like you know, like Shawn Michaels' second part of his career when he was out for four years. <laughs> right. Like, I don't think it's gonna quite be that. I think we all let's. I think we all famously remember when Shawn Michaels came back and heroically defeated C.J. Parker at SummerSlam. <laughs> All right, but uh, but that quickly, guys, we're at our, our main event for this episode. It's going nice. to be uh, Finn, Finn versus uh, sorry, not uh, Finn, Tyler, Finn and Tommy are so glued mm-hmm. together that mm-hmm. kind of just always assume they're wrestling. But we get a lot of stalling from Tyler doing his uh, heel stalling techniques, stall based um, anti offense. Tommy gains some momentum and Tyler bails again. Tyler, uh, being the resourceful heel, runs into the ropes to uh, crotch Tommy on the top rope and take over. Um, they're still trying to push like that Tyler has access this like vicious side of him. Like he's uh, choking a Tommy in the corner, that kind of thing. Pace is a bit slow for what I think you would expect from these guys, but they're kind of going with Tyler being more of a slow, methodical heel, which I don't know if it always plays up his, I mean, it plays to his character, but I don't know if it plays to his, in ring, like what his strengths are in, in, in ring. But uh, there's some good shots here. Big clothesline from uh, a Tommy. Um, picks it up, but of course, uh, Tommy does his kicks that he always does. Uh, Breeze comes back, tries to crotch a Tommy on the post. A Tommy pulls him into it, into his jewels, but uh, it looks like a Tommy has him where he wants him as he batters him with kicks, but Breeze steals it with the beauty shot out of nowhere. So um, I thought this match was perfectly fine. Had some good shots, maybe a bit slow at times, but nothing like too egregious. Um, it just didn't have, to me, the biggest weakness. It didn't have the intensity of a big rematch. Like, because we've seen these two guys go at it before. It's, you know, Tyler's making these <laughs> extremely disrespectful comments, calling them ugly, and none of that really plays into it. They just kind of go in there and have a pretty straightforward match, I thought. But uh, I was pleasantly surprised to see Tyler pick up a win. I'm hoping that he uh, is uh, picking up some steam to be elevated a bit. So I would have perfectly fine down the middle two and a half, uh, Jenny. I also had a two and a half rating. Um, they were pretty... I mean, I'm not a big fan of a Tommy ring, um, but Tyler's always been more of, of an impressive gimmick and character than it, anything that we've really seen in, in the ring. Like, he's decent in the ring. He's as good as a Tommy ring. <laughs> this is my feeling. So, them being evenly matched for as much as the match as as they were made sense to me. Um I just don't care about Tommy at all. I I was I was worried he was going to win the whole time. I was super happy when Tyler did, even though it is with the beauty shot, which I am sick of seeing that finish matches. I wish we could maybe do something else. I know that's like his thing, but like we could do one other thing like besides that move. Um, but I did the two and a half as well, too. Um, well, we're all on the same page for this one at last. Two and a half from me. Um, I mean, you know, the reason that uh, Itami has not been pushed harder in, uh, in NXT, and it's it's because uh, Vince McMahon does not find Asian men attractive. Um, right, obviously. That's the reason. Um, but no, I, I... probably I the reason would, I don't like him either. That's also the reason you don't like him, yeah. Um but I, I'm with you. He's not connecting with me either. Um, they've just kind of done him no real favors, especially on his little singles run. He's been on since like splitting with Finn. Um, you know, not that this is a bad match, but I mean, they keep calling back to uh, 
the first bout that they had on TakeOver Rival, which, I mean, we didn't find terribly impressive when I mm-hmm. <laughs> went back and referenced our, I didn't even remember it, to be honest with you. So I looked back at my star rating, and it was like a two-something. Yep. <laughs> so I was like, okay, whatever. Um, so I wasn't expecting much here, and maybe they topped it. I don't know. I felt like this was okay. I, I liked when Tyler took over on offense towards the end. Um, I like the finishing sequence, too, where we get a couple of big move exchanges with the um, uh, the the supermodel kick for a near fall um, by Tyler Breeze. And, you know, Tommy hits that big diving knee drop um, off off the top across the neck of Tyler. Um, I, again, I thought that might have finished, but no. Um, I'm with you, Jenny, in that. I, I don't think the beauty shot is the most spectacular finish. Um, I think Tyler could do a lot better, but was well utilized here. And I, and I think it works well when it sort of comes out of nowhere, um, especially where it's used to sort of um, follow up on, on a mistake, which is exactly what happened here. You know, it, it, Tommy goes goes for that shotgun drop kick in the corner. Tyler moves and he eats shit, and that's when he gets nailed with the beauty shot. And it, that gave it more of a convincing feel, where it was like a follow-up to something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, for what it was, I, I thought it worked well here. Um, I mean, we're all kind of marked for Tyler Breeze, so I'm, I'm okay with this finish. And gosh, Tommy really does just feel like another guy now. Remember, he was supposed to... You know, he came in with all this pomp and circumstance. He was supposed to be pretty special. The and Rick I mean, Flair from, of Japan or whatever. Yeah, I mean, really, from from what I gather, he is pretty special. You know, it's in terms of his international bona fides, but uh, it just really hasn't translated. So I don't no, know what to tell you. We say a lot like they didn't do this with a Tommy and they didn't do that, but look, a Tommy had lots of time in the fucking ring to do shit. And mm-hmm. it was not done. Like, I don't know. We watched him wrestle a lot. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so it's not like he didn't get his of, shot. There's plenty of flat characters who win you over with their with their yeah. ring work. And it, it hasn't really happened. Chances for that. <laughs> right. And I don't think, I mean, we said like bring him with Finn, but it's not their fault that Finn does a similar style better. Like, that's not, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. what do you, you can't go to Finn and be like, hey, Finn, can you not be as good as you are? Exactly. Can you stop working the same styles as Tommy, but like yeah. all your moves and shit look better and connect better, and you just overall have a better aura about you? You just like tone it down, man. And in all honesty, Finn only does like the same four moves anyway in all of his matches. Like he's he's not even that special in ring. He just, you know, it, it, I guess it's just more of a a well rounded performer. Um, and it's is just, yeah, I mean. Maybe bad timing, just in the case, just in bringing them in at, at the same time like that. But um, I, I suppose the comparison is unavoidable. But yeah, Finn has totally outshined him. I wonder if Mr. McMagma has similar feelings. About <laughs> Mr. McMagman. <laughs> um, but yeah, that wraps up this one. I thought this was like, uh, like one hundred percent average episode, like right down the middle. Like yeah. you got. Perfectly fine matches. Like there was a few matters of consequence. Nothing, nothing like no amazing angles, really. No amazing matches, but nothing was really like offensive or stupid. So I just went with a perfectly fine five out of ten, Jenny. 
Yeah, uh, I, I bumped it a little bit. I don't know, even know why now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, maybe just for a decent women's match for once. So I did the five and a half. Hmm. Uh, I'm also going to give it a five out of ten. Um, not a lot happening here, but at least all of these matches had a reason for existing. There was nothing just throw away, um, like it all, we, we don't even necessarily know what to expect for the next takeover, but it all just sort of felt like, okay, these are logical matches to be taking mm-hmm. place rather than just time filler nonsense, you know, mm-hmm. and, you and there wasn't any, moving, they seem to be moving away from the, the complete non-competitive enhancement matches. Yeah. Like uh-huh. I know like the Alex Riley match was kind of one, but like there used to be, I mean, we got used to seeing like two to three per episode where it seemed like half the episode was these like 30 second, like mm-hmm. Baron Corbin squash matches. And mm-hmm. shit. It seems like they are moving away from that. And all of these matches are sort of like m- mid in their divisions. So it's kind of like the same mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. of performer right. in all the matches. All right. But we will uh, we'll head to March 18th, and we're going to be uh, at a change of scenery for once. We're going to be at the Arnold Classic in Columbus, Ohio. Nice. Um, so wow. I was excited for this just because I'm, I'm always a mark for, like, wrestling shows taking place in, like, unconventional, I guess. Um, just anything that changes up the aesthetic, especially in the case of NXT, because we're literally in the same building for every episode. So just any change is mm-hmm. kind of fun. So we had like a different, it was like in a warehouse sort of, like there's a lot of stairs and shit everywhere, um, which we'll, they're going to sort of utilize a little bit here. But we're going to start off with a Tyler Breeze versus Kalisto here. Uh, the banter on commentary is uh, Albert says he's going to cut cut a single with Tyler and uh, Rich says a cover of We Are the Walrus, which is not the right name of the song. <laughs> Rich, can't even. Dumbass. Yeah, Rich is useless, but uh Definitely working again on the the stalling with Tyler. Like, they're really building that into his character. Kalisto springs springboards all over the place, but it backfires when he eats a dropkick from Tyler. Um, a little bit more urgent pace in this one than we saw in the last Tyler Breeze match. He does a little stalling, but he's kind of going with Kalisto's pace a bit more. Uh, Kalisto goes for a flip and ends up running into a, a kind of janky-looking supermodel kick, but um, I still thought it looked pretty good. Lots of Breeze stomps. Again, they're really pushing that he is very aggressive. Um, but a nice 450 by um, uh, Kalisto mm. here. Mm-hmm. Some good momentum swings, and then we get to the finish with Tyler countering to the beauty shot. So I, I thought this was a bit better than the Tommy match we just talked about um, mm-hmm. with Tyler. Just the pace was better. I thought he just did a little bit more of Kalisto. And, um, you know, I'm a big fan of Kalisto. He brings some, always brings this cool offense in. And, uh, yeah, it's just a, again, it was cool to see Tyler uh, – go a little bit quicker and kind of showcase more of his athleticism in this one. So I ended up going three on it. I thought this was a, uh, a good match. Tim. Three. Huh. Oh my God. What are you thinking? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's clearly a, a two and three quarter stars match, uh, which is what I gave it. Um, but no, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said here. It's, it's like another version of that breeze, a Tommy match, but a little bit quicker pace, more urgency, and it just all around worked better. Um, again, you know, Kalisto, a guy who doesn't really have much of a character, but wins us over in ring. Because uh, he always looks really good, even doing kind of his same shtick. 
and we don't see a whole lot of him in singles matches. So this was sort of a, a rare treat, at least for me. And boy, did I pop for that uh, that perfect 450. Oh, my God. Mm. Um, that had to be the envy of anyone who's ever attempted that move because I, I don't think I've ever seen one just that picture perfect. Uh, so, I mean, that's worth a star on its own as far as I'm concerned. And once again, with the finish, like... Um, it's it's not as uh, sort of you know it doesn't look as weak when again Breeze is countering um, Kalisto's finish like he escapes the Salida del Sol and then boom nails him with that beauty shot. Um, I'm a little bit more won over by it when it when it comes out of nowhere like that, and uh, I don't know. So um, I, I think he's using if that is going to be his finisher, then he's realizing he has to utilize it to better effect. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've seen here in two consecutive matches now. But yeah, um, just shy of three stars for me, but a really fun outing, really fun hot open for this show. I'm glad I gave this one the correct rating of two and three quarter stars. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> it is cool um, to have this different feel. It's, I sort of compared it to um, my ECW watching where we're typically in the arena and then sometimes we'll go over to like Boston or Fort Lauderdale or somewhere mm, and get, yeah, get like a fun <laughs> a uh, bar. A barn in the middle of uh, Michigan. Um, but so I think it gives the performers just like a little something different um, to have a different crowd, different setup and um so anyway, I thought Tyler did bring it more in this match than he did with the Tommy match. And I thought Callisto was showing out. <laughs> I was like, let's break right? up the luchas. Yes. And, uh, and push Callisto. And push Callisto. Because, boy, he is so fun to watch. Um, why didn't he get any, like, fun little matches with, like, Neville or some shit? Did we ever see anything like that? <sighs> no. Um that would have been fun so more Kalisto on on these shows solo and just a really a really good opener on the road am I crazy for thinking Kalisto did have a little run on the main roster around this time like I'm having this this um vision and it might be a a brain aneurysm um (laughs) Of like a uh, a pre-show match between Kalisto and Ryback of all people at was that WrestleMania? Which WrestleMania was that? And is, does this something that even existed? I don't know, but he does seem like uh, I want to. It may not have been WrestleMania. It was like some pay per view main event, like the show main event, which were basically like the pre, right, like a Raw pre-show match. I feel mm. like he definitely did that. Like, I feel like I can remember going to a show one time and he was like in the dark match and being like, oh, he's good. That was pretty. And good. that would be like shockingly good matches, even though they were usually total mismatches. I want to say it was for a title, like the U.S. title or something. Yeah, it said that in February of 2015, which we're already in freaking, what, March. March. Okay. So I don't know how accurate that is, but it says he won the United States Championship twice and the Cruiserweight Champ once. Yeah, he was definitely working with, like, Ryback during that time period, which, you know, miracle worker Kalisto here, I guess. But, mm-hmm. um, I get my try-hard rating of three. 
Oh, oh my god I, I need a I don't need a new podcast but I really want a new one called try hearts trying hard <laughs> trying hard how to try hard how to try hard how, how to be a try hard <laughs> trying too hard try hard for the tried name <laughs> try hard try hard see that was very that was very try hard of you know, see and it's adorable live okay? free or try hard <laughs> um, yeah and uh, one thing we, did, we didn't mention and like you you guys kind of said it the um maybe the wrestlers have a bit more of a pep except they we'll see it more as they go through this like a full-on pr package in mm. a second but okay. this is the first time they've taken nxt kind of like on the road into like a you know maybe a house show or a live event sort of deal and they make a big deal out of that so kind of goes to what you guys are saying about maybe them the wrestlers just having a maybe a tad bit more motivation in this setting see but um we didn't get a we won't get into it but a, a long recap of the riley ko drama so you could tell they really want anybody who maybe is not watching nxt on the reg to like be up to date on what ko's doing like they they obviously like see him as a huge draw right now like anybody who's still maybe not watching this weekly they want them on board so they showed a lot of these recaps um, we then head to a very smiley alexa bliss who's excited to be in her hometown of columbus ohio and she is going to face Sasha tonight. So giving her kind of like the hometown uh, treatment, giving her a big moment mm. in her hometown. And uh, and then we go to our inside look at the Arnold Sports Experience. Um, I, it did tickle me that they're in this thing with uh, and they're showing all these like bodybuilders, like Mr. Universe types. I love that KO is the champion at this time when they're going <laughs> to this thing. It's a really awesome, like, juxtaposition. Oh, my God, like, right. I didn't even think about that. He's, like, right. just kind of walking around looking at all this. Yeah, yeah like, this kind of, like... These guys are in shape. Yeah, with his, you know, cut his sleeveless shirt and his uh, basketball so, shorts or whatever. Right, like, his little belly poking out. Right, he's like, oh, that's cool, you guys work all that, that hard. <laughs> fucking y'all work and, y'all, huh? Yeah. <laughs> What's the line from uh, Eastbound and Down or whatever? He's like, I'm not trying to be the best at exercising. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but uh, this is just like a normal WWE PR deal. It's just like, you know, we got Hogan and Flair here. Uh, Triple H get, is telling us that NXT is not developmental anymore. It's its own brand. So just a, I don't know what else to say. It's, I mean, really not a whole lot of interesting going on here. It's just kind of showing you what the Arnold, which honestly, I don't even totally understand what this Convention, yeah. Convention or festival. What's the purpose of this? <laughs> right. It's where all the bodybuilders go. It's where you Arnold's can be the best at exercising. <laughs> right. <laughs> you just go and flex, man. That's all you got to know. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're excited to be there. I can tell you that. Um, it looks fun. I don't know. Yeah. I'd be down for like an inspirational speech from Arnold. Well, I mean, yeah. if nothing else. Yeah. And Triple H. <laughs> Mostly Arnold. I've heard enough Triple H speeches <laughs> last a lifetime. <laughs> um, we have the Finn who tells uh, Alex Riley that he'll be watching his match with Kevin Owens tonight. Uh, Alex says that he's going to humiliate Owens, and it's time to rage. <laughs> and, uh, Finn gives him a warning to not overlook KO, which hoping Alex Riley's not overlooking KO. <laughs> I was like, very sure. confused by that. Like, 
Like, right. yeah, like at sports, you usually say, like, well, you have a weak opponent. Like, maybe if he said, you know, we don't overlook CJ Parker because you're thinking about KO, would have been made more sense. But, like, Way hey, more don't, sense. don't overlook the champion who's yeah. had a dominant reign since he came, he came in a month ago and just like fucking steamrolled his way to the title. Make sure you don't overlook him. Yeah, Finn just, yeah, I, he was totally off base on that whole thing. Just saying shit. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I'm pretty sure I won't overlook the champion. Don't worry. And that's, like, the whole reason. They got into a whole scuffle. Like, that's the reason he gave up his careers for fucking KO. Like, this makes no fucking sense. They should have added to that, honestly. Yes. <laughs> I mean, bad. Just, just, read, just cut it out. Yeah, he just pulled out, like, out of the generic box of, like... Mm-hmm. You know, pep talk before. Man. Yeah, don't know what to say. Just reach for whatever. <laughs> um. All right, so we get another, like, backstage kind of PR segment here about them being Columbus and how great Columbus, Ohio is. And uh, talking about how this is their first time leaving Florida. Jenny, they were very excited about leaving Florida. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. But they were all well, pretty well. excited to leave Florida for Columbus. Disability state. It seems weird. I don't, I don't know. Maybe if you were going somewhere better than Columbus. I will say, yeah, I've, I've been to, have you been to Columbus, Ohio? I have. Um, yeah. I, like I mean, it. I'm kidding, but yeah. It's fine, right? It's, yeah. it's I've had some fun. Okay. Time. Not going to bury it, but it's, come I don't on. Know it's not, better than Florida. Let's not go crazy either. A, the heartland of America. Mm, the yeah. wang of America. Better than the, uh, the Enema uh, Hole of America. <laughs> Which would, I guess would just be the Butthole of America. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> I was wondering. This is how Bret Hart I said I, it, because he was trying to be... Live in the, uh, I think I live in the Urethra of America. The Mississippi <laughs> Their Urethra? Kind of, yeah, the oh, Mississippi River runs to the entire... That's the GI tract. That's a wide-ass urethra. Yeah, no. It's far from the wang, so it doesn't make sense. Oh. The GI That's track. That's a wide. Yeah. No, I, the GI I, track of America. Sorry, let me correct myself. I live in the butthole. You do. Yeah. I was going to say, New Orleans is the, the butthole. Sh- the sphincter. <laughs> sphincter of America. All right, our next match is a very random one. It's going to be uh, West versus Cass. I guess not that random because they're trying to set up this feud, but when you just look at the matchup, it looks a bit random, but... Um, we have Wes and Bud jumping all over this fucking warehouse. Like they're taking advantage of the the setup with all these stairs and railings and stuff. They're just like doing parkour all over to their dubstep <laughs> music on their entrance. Uh, Mela is back with the crew. Um, I, I love when they do the uh, they do their whole uh, you know their little spiel here. That Kaz every time he does the finger wave because he is kind of like not. You know, he's in good shape, but he has a little bit of jiggle to him. He does the finger wave, and his whole body just kind of jiggles when he does the, <laughs> the little finger wave. That, you can't this teach as well. that. You yes. can't teach that. Yes. He kind of jiggles with it. Uh, I'm into it. He jiggles with uh, it. Jiggles then, with it? Yeah. He does. He's Go back. jiggly this with is, it. I have to make a gift for this, but uh, they also <laughs> say that unlike Arnold, they don't pump fit. They pump fists, not iron. <laughs> so again, um. um just like KO, it they're anti. The yeah. Uh, but they say that they are the next champs. And then we, we finally get into the match. Um, I thought Kaz felt a little exposed in a singles match because we're so used to seeing him in a tag. I feel like 
he's a little bit like he looks more impressive at this point in a in a tag match because he just kind of comes in there and saves Enzo's ass. But in here, t- having to work a singles match, I thought he looked like like he doesn't have a huge move set. Like he has some kind of lumbering power stuff that looks okay, but he mostly just relies on like elbow strikes. He does like a flapjack that looked all right, but I did think at times he was kind of. As we said, where a lot of people in NXT like who are still in this like early stage, you could see sometimes him, like he looked like he didn't know what to do next. But uh, West has to play the little guy. He goes after Kaz's knee, but argues with Mello on the outside. Kaz boots him, but ends up costing him the match as West rolls him up and steals the win here. But uh, the match was whatever. But it's continuing to set up the feud between these two, which seems like the direction we're headed. Definitely trying to play up the uh, Mella stuff. Maybe they're definitely trying to go like a sunny route with Mella in this uh, in this tag feud here. So we'll see how that plays out. But I want to start a half on the match. It was fine, but it felt like the match was much more about just you know having these two teams spend more time around each other, to try and build some kind of feud. Uh, Tim. Mm, okay, so actually, um, my first note was that um, oh, this is a little bit refreshing for a for a uh, big Kaz and Enzo match, you know, starting out with uh, Kaz on offense, actually. It's normally Enzo. I was like, oh, wait, this is a singles match. Um, so I didn't even realize what kind of match this was until I was about <laughs> two minutes into it, which, I, you know, I guess I wasn't paying attention during You're the like, opening. Why is Enzo on the floor? This is weird. I was like, why is, I mean, gosh, Kaz is kind of been in there. Oh, for a minute. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, at first, I was like thinking it was it started out okay, but yes, to your point, Jake, um, Colin Cassidy did look somewhat exposed at the longer it went on. Um, you can tell, you know, Blake is much more polished in there. Um, yeah, I just I, I really hated this finish, it's just so generic. With the oh no, uh, Carmella gets knocked off the ring apron, and then you know, distracted kind of roll up fluky win um just get that shit out of here I, I just so hate that so um i mean i i ultimately landed at uh, a star and a quarter for this one um didn't show me a whole lot i i don't know i guess i thought that um the tag match we saw on our last show was like a number one contendership deal and this was going to be the title match so maybe that took the wind out of my sails a little bit um, as far as uh, Big Kaz and his physique, I don't know. He seemed, in his earlier appearances, he was pretty damn cut, as I recall. <laughs> and now he maybe he's just off the gas, because <laughs> um, he is. He's got that. What is it? The like the HGH gut or whatever they called it. Um, with uh, Triple H when it, he would, you know, be off cycle or whatever. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but he definitely does jiggle with it, as uh, <laughs> Jake put it. Jenny, where'd you come down on this one? Uh, I guess I like the jiggle because I went two stars on it. Oh my! <laughs> I, I think uh, about um, Blake. They were talking about his physique a little bit, and they said he's thick. He's jacked. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I don't know popped me because he was he was um I, I I don't know I think I liked it more maybe um you know Carmella was just so distracting there on the side that well, once um, again violating that dress code yeah that I didn't notice that it was um a, a bad match no um and I don't, I don't I feel like any sort of 
tag team feud with a woman involved, you got to get her up there and, and take a little silly bump at some point to cost somebody a match. Like, it's just part of what you do. It's just a trope. Like, it's, this is developmental, so you just kind of have to get through this part. I don't know. I actually kind of like the classic, you know, way that it's unfolding because they're practicing how to how to do this tell this story you, you know if that makes sense so even though it's been told hate, like a billion times yeah i just hate when it actually leads to a roll up win roll up like, and win. Yeah. you know like actually i mean yeah it's it's a trope it's it's to be expected but i hate when it actually finishes the match like you could mm-hmm. you could still ha- have a lot of variation in in how you do that spot I mean, really, anything would be better than that's how it ends. And it's like, oh, okay, well, the guy's an idiot. <laughs> like, it just. Well, he sort of it. is, too, so that works. He sort of is. Yeah. <laughs> that's the street, yeah. Did I mean, you say they didn't try yeah. hard enough, Tim? <laughs> Can't argue with you there. <laughs> try hard scores negative two. <laughs> Tim wants them to try harder, come up with something better. Jenny <laughs> thought they yeah, tried well, adequately. They Perfectly, tried a decent per- amount. Perfect amount of try. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, we go to Dana Brooke, who they're starting to hype up. She competed in the Arnold Classic. She's going to be coming soon to NXT. Tell us a whole lot about her. Uh, and then we go to our uh, our match with Sasha. Is she and, still and there? Hmm? Didn't she like uh, have an inexplicably long run on the main roster? I don't know if she's still employed, but um. I don't think it would shock me at this point if she was, and we just haven't seen her in a million years. Uh, anyway, she, it doesn't uh, matter. She is she's, the current 24-7 champion. I was going to say, she's rank. been around. Is she really? Yeah, yeah. She's been doing stuff. Not only there, but a champion. Okay. Yeah. 15 times. She's the mm-hmm. flair of the fucking 24-7 championship. Mm-hmm. Did they just quietly forget that they have that? Sh- like, is that something? Was that like a Vince McMahon thing and Triple H was like, uh what <laughs> we we got another title <laughs> it's an impossible questioning <laughs> i don't know all right anyway sorry <laughs> i'm sorry i wish i could any information <laughs> i really can't remember but i just knew that the, it was the first thing on her wiki yeah she's a fifth She's a current in 15 time. Well, I believe it. Um, but Alexa, the hometown girl, is getting her uh, show. Well, I should say this is non-title. Non-title, guys. Mm-hmm. Make a big mm. point. Um, I like Sasha trolling the crowd. Like, after Alexa comes out and telling them, like, this is the best you got, Columbus. <laughs> like, pointing at Alexa with some good heel, heel stuff. I thought it was good. Alexa's got some fire here. She's a fiery baby face. I thought Sasha's offense. Like, we've been, um, we've been talking about recently. Sasha has really um, stepped up her game, has kind of reached this next level. And her, her offense here just looks so much more legit than Alexa. Like she has this, uh, she has like a chin lock variation, but looks really snug. The double stomp in the, co- the corner, I thought looked real nasty. Alexa fires up, she hits a moonsault, uh, and she ends up hitting Sasha into the post, and Sasha um, falls to the outside, and we get the count out victory. So, again, I don't know how Tim's going to feel about this because this is right out of the. Uh, the classic wrestling playbook to go this route when you have like a baby face who's overmatched against the heel, but then she picks up the counter victory in the non-title match. Um, 
I, and I get it. I know what they're trying to go for, and they're definitely taking advantage of the hometown thing. I just, my only gripe with this is I just, like, Alexa just didn't look impressive enough for me to really buy it as much. Like, she doesn't, like, she just doesn't seem like she's there. And I guess you could argue, like, this is a way to try and get her there by elevating her to Sasha's level. But she, Sasha looked like she was another lead from her. So, and I'm going a star and a half for it. I mean, it was mainly just a storyline match to set up what's going to come. But my main takeaway from this is that Sasha just looks like we keep on saying it and we were critical of her at first, but she's really coming to our own. I thought she looked awesome in this match. I I don't know. I got very angry. Because um, <laughs> I, I knew there was going to be, you know, be some fuckery. I'd rage against this match. <laughs> of the hometown shit. Uh I thought it might be a little bit better than a fucking count out because that is mm. just the worst. The worst. I'm sorry. I, it, no, thank you. Zero stars. Oh, my God. Dud. I, I don't Take want it. Dud from Jitty. Um, I mean, I wasn't <laughs> much. I, I gave it a whole star. Um, a, a real gentleman star, to be honest with you. Um, because I just, yeah, the... The hometown hero thing was um, was very forced. Um, Alexa if she was just, in any way a star, then yes. Yeah, but right, she is right. like you are low man on a developmental brand. Like you are not yeah, a hometown hero. Just so came it back is from not injury. Necessary. Yeah. She doesn't have a good gimmick either. Not a good character. No, like a super no low, low ceiling character. Like super generic, mm. like fucking tutu or whatever. Yeah, that doesn't help you. If she'd like, flash. yeah. If if she had looked like <laughs> if she. <laughs> If she looked really impressive in the ring and really tenacious and like, like maybe she could actually win it in ring. Um, and then they, they give her the, the count out victory. Like I could, I could kind of maybe buy that. Right. Cause we'd be like, well, you know, it looked like she could have won it on her own anyway. It's not as fluky that way. The way they presented it, it looked like a total fluke. Like she was Bad. outclassed for the entire match and, it just took Sasha again slipping on a banana peel kind of thing, and uh, oh, the hometown hero wins! Like yay! Like what are we celebrating? You know, no. right? And, <laughs> what did she really it do? It wasn't like, yeah, and like it's not really Sasha's character to like go out that easily. Like she's not like right. a cowardly heel that's gonna no punk out and just retreat. And it's not like Alexa. Like they didn't go like 15 minutes and like Alexa took mm-hmm. her to the limit and she just exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, it was, um, I agree. Alexa also does this, like, she does this standing moonsault where uh-huh. she lands on her feet. I guess the idea is supposed to be that she comes down on her knees, but, mm-hmm. but it always just looks like shit. It, it always looks like she just, she just does a backflip uh-huh. over her opponent, completely misses them. Yes. And somehow that's an offensive move. And it's like, it, I don't know if there's a way to do that better or more convincingly, or if she just needs to get rid of it altogether. But it's kind of a featured part of her arsenal, and it it just sucks. It really sucks. Um, and the rest of her her offense isn't much more to write him about. So yeah, this was just this was bad. I, I 
honestly felt bad for Sasha here because she deserves yeah. a lot better. Yeah. Um, cause we have seen much, much better from her and she's just out here. I mean, she's just pretty much hung out to dry, um, for no good reason. So yeah, fuck this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alexa's just not ready. She's not ready. for. She's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but they were in, they were in Columbus. So mm-hmm. whatever. All right, we uh, we have KO. He says that uh, that Alex probably just doesn't have any more. Again, he's going to beat Alex probably, and then he's going to beat Finn. No one's taking his title, so cut and dry. And then we cut to Alexa, who is over the moon with her win uh, until Sasha confronts her and says she never pinned her. And so Rewa comes in and makes a title match for next week, exactly as we all expected. Um, so I don't know if we're going to get any more <laughs> rage out Whatever. of this. Or we'll, we'll, um... we'll be at the match. Pretty soon. It gives us a match. Mm-hmm. I guess it's fine. Um, maybe they'll do better on on a better outing. Uh, the she ain't gonna get another this, count out win. That's what I know. Right. They're gonna do some more nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's something missing in this entire Alex Riley saga as a sort of um long and winding and compelling as it's sort of been, <laughs> which is. Wasn't he supposed to, like, impress uh, Commissioner Regal to the point that, you know, Regal greenlights the the match with Owens? And I don't know. I feel like we just haven't really seen much of that. Like, where was – like, he got the win against C.J. Parker. Great. Like, I don't know. I'm not saying I I need more administrative um, wheeling and dealing backstage. But, (laughs) you know, it's just sort of one of those expected things to help – sell the story like and again like all he did was beat cj parker like really like that's where's where's regal going like he just needed to to, uh walk out on stage kind of pensively stroking his chin without saying anything like that's how you end that sort of Mm. episode right and then it's it's you followed up with Riley being like, all right, was that impressive enough? Do I get the match yet? And he's like, well, it was quite impressive, lad, but, uh, but you have to win the next match and then you'll, then you'll, you'll get, you'll get your match with, uh, Owens. And, uh, maybe you just, you stretch this out for one more. Yes. I don't know. Like, yeah, it, it, it makes, just seems. It definitely feels like they, they're ready for KO to move on to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. bigger. And it's like, they were, they're like, yeah, we'll get this cool story. Alex try And then they were just like, uh, yeah, all right, let's get the show over with now. <laughs> I know, and it's just like, maybe that's just me um, being the type of fan where I like these these very, um, like, kind of short-term TV-only feuds, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's never going to go to pay-per-view, it's never going to go to TakeOver, whatever, but if you can get three to four weeks out of it, great, go for it. I'm not saying it has to last forever and ever, but... We've gotten what three weeks? It just seems like you can you can milk that for one more. That's all I'm asking, and just have Regal be a little bit more involved. Considering, I mean, the decision is ultimately his, you know, and that gives you some intrigue of, you know, when is Riley going to get his title shot? Who else is he going to have to face? Gives you some more matches to burn through. Have Owens, you know, continue maybe his feud with Finn in the meantime. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know, it just seems very abrupt that this is happening already, and we haven't even seen Regal greenlight it. It's just all we're being told, oh, well, now it's happening. Like, I don't know, you just sacrifice. A Mortal Kombat style. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
tree where he beats everyone. No, I know what you're saying though. <laughs> yeah, it definitely felt like yeah. there were there was a middle match um, missing mm-hmm. out of there, like maybe against a Jason Jordan or something like that. Sure. Right, <laughs> who you love. Mm-hmm. Oh, and give us some more Regal. We love seeing Regal. Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Right. Anyway. Yeah, because we're gonna get into it, like the match itself. But I was gonna get you guys' thoughts about how, like, after all the build, like you mentioned, Tom, like, is this match gonna live up to? you know, the storyline they've been building. Cause they put, no, they put a lot of work into it. Um, it mm-hmm. worked it, like that. We've enjoyed that. We thought was mm-hmm. been pretty good. Um, but we'll get into it. Um, that's some good energy and intensity with Riley and KO here. Uh, Alex Riley gets a little offense in the beginning. It's a nice little drop kick, but KO quickly takes over grinds them down in this KO style. Um, Riley comes up with the hope spot of a desperation forearm and he starts working his comeback. And this is kind of where in, I guess to your point, Tim, about the, it feeling rushed just getting to this point. I feel like this match was very rushed too. Like, mm. I feel like they're selling at this point in the match, like this big Alex Raleigh comeback when like, he really hasn't been through a whole lot in the match. He almost just went through mm. KO's like typical, like grinding people down with headlocks and shit. Like they made it seem as if KO had been beating his ass for like 20 minutes, like Sami Zayn or something. And mm-hmm. then he's making this big comeback. Like he's you know, like near death and I don't feel like the match really earned it. Um, so he makes his comeback. The crowd's decently into it, but then KO just like throws him into the um, barricade and then wins with a pop-up powerbomb. So I just thought it was kind of anticlimactic for everything they'd been through. Like they didn't really build any like hot finish to me really, which I guess, again, it's always weird with KO in this character because, because he is sort of this like troll character. It's almost like, well, is that kind of the point like to build up our Charlie just so he can kind of go out in this, you know, not the most heroic fashion because that's just what KO does is like crush these people. Uh, so I don't know. I ended up going like two and a quarter on it and maybe I'm underrating it, but I just thought it was a bit of a disappointment. Like it just didn't quite have the feeling of uh, not the most satisfying conclusion to this whole story. And I think it kind of goes with you said a minute ago, Tim, just them like, just like they feel like they're trying to rush to the finish line with this. I felt like they just kind of went out there and did a pretty standard match just to kind of get this over with. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with you at all. Um I went a two and a half on it somewhat reluctantly myself. Um mm-hmm. it feels like one of those one of those deals where and I almost feel like I'm contradicting myself when I say this. They where they put some effort into building up kind of a name job guy. Like we're you may not remember, like when they did the little like uh, Barry Horowitz push, like in 1995 or whatever, and it was just like, oh, he's actually kind of winning some matches now. And then, like the first time he faced like a real opponent, so to speak, he pretty much got his shit pushed in. Um, or maybe like even older, like the Mulkey brothers, where they were just total <laughs> jobbers and won exactly one match. And there's like all this hype around them now because they won one match ever. And then just, you know, it's just to, it's just to put something on there, you know, when they go in and, and face the champions or whatever. And of course lose. Um, so it's like we, we put a lot of effort into uh, building Alex Riley up only for this match to not really seem like it fits the storyline. And um, I think I understand why they do that. They don't want to, they don't want to have someone like an Alex Riley get, but so much offense Mm -hmm. on 
the champion. Mm-hmm. But then again, you really tried to sell us on this guy and, and kind of succeeded maybe in spite of yourselves. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I'm kind of of two minds about it where maybe, maybe it's just, it's just what Jake said, where you don't have to give Riley a whole lot of shine here, but just have him take more of a shit kicking um, but he doesn't go down super easily. Like he gets a few hope spots, but it never really looks like the finish is in doubt. He just, he doesn't go down as easily as, as just a job guy. You know, I think that could have worked better and it would have fit the the type of story that they were telling on commentary at least. But as it is, it's like Riley, had you not been paying attention to the story over the past two, three weeks, he could have just been any old dude pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just gone out there, uh, challenge champion, got his ass kicked, lost, we move on. Um, so and it's just sort of like, now where do you go with him? Where do you, how, how do you, he quit the commentary team, right? So now he's supposedly an active wrestler again. Are we excited for his next match? I mean, not real. How can you be, you know, it's, it's you know, it, it was, it was a whole lot of, work for for not a lot of i think payoff here i would agree with that um and commentary is just like well i'll do respect to cj parker but like who has this guy <laughs> been beaten like and I, that's my sentiments well, too and yeah. like like we touched on that like i feel like if you had given him another match in between then maybe you can give him more meat in this match but this is his second match, like, yeah. since he's been out. Like, he's not going to be good, you guys. Like, why would you expect him to be? Like, I don't know. Um, and I, I think he looks foolish. Like, all of this looks dumb. Like, it just, it, it doesn't make Kevin look like some sort of genius for making this guy quit his broadcasting career and, and face him in the ring. Because, Kevin's just fucking around. Like, he doesn't mm, care. He's being an asshole. Yeah. Right. He's just doing this shit because this guy got fucking fired up and got in his face. And yep. so it's like zero stakes for KO. There's like no heat. There's no emotion on his part. He's just out there fucking beating up people. Like, it's not... It, it's fun, you know, but it's work. Like, I just got to beat this asshole, you know? Um mm. So it, it's a weird vibe to that because I, I feel a little bit bad for Alex Riley. <laughs> um, and yeah, what what do you do now, guy? Like, you you were dumb for doing all of this, <laughs> yeah. even though we've enjoyed it. If you if this is the way you go out, then why 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 did we just even invest in this at all? Like even in the three short weeks that we did, um, it. it like you said, it just feels like they want KO to move on. So that's what we're doing. Um, also, when I see KO in a shirt that just says KO on it, I want to stand beside him in a shirt that says RN, and then we will say corn. Total. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why I feel that way, but I really do. It's something oh, about wow. the font on his shirt. It looks sort of like the corn logo font. So. Anyway, maybe that's what my brain does. Um, so it triggers this sort of OCD thing in you yeah, where you, you think that his shirt is incomplete. It looks like it needs the rest of the word. I don't know. 
Mm. Oh, R and okay. R and is their initials to be his part his partner. Yes. <laughs> mm. And also in commentary, they touched on something that I had brought up, not really believing KO's bullshit about this is for my family, how all that feels like just something that you say, you know, like he, none of that feels authentic to me. It feels like more trolling. Um, and commentary was sort of commenting on that, so they get it gave me a little bit of a life there. Um, I'm I'm at two stars on it, and okay. I, that's a little bit generous. I did like the ending with Finn, though. Yeah, so he continues. Ko continues to beat up Alex Riley. Here comes Finn to save him. Um, I like the setup that they had here, just the way it was framed, because we are this different venue. So there's like a this elevated kind of seating area. So Finn's standing up there kind of towering over KO and he dives off the stage onto him. They start trading shots um, and Owens barely escapes from getting hit with the coup de gras. So we kind of left with this, like, uh, you know, as KO finally met his match in Finn Balor. And again, just, we've moved on to what the, the real feud that they want to get to. They're, they're tired of this little Alex Raleigh diversion. Now they're ready to move on to, to this. And so, Kind of sets it off, but I thought it was well done. Um, again, I, I like the way they set it up with the uh, Finn being on the kind of elevated part of the stage, standing over him. Hmm. Yeah, decent little brawl, main event brawl, if you will, to uh, classic wrap us up. Yeah, yeah, cap off the disappointing main event. And uh, I don't yeah. know how I feel about. Uh, and not to get into a whole thing, but I just, I don't know how I feel about Finn being the number one contender already. Like you just got here. I mean, not, not to say he's, he's not good enough or he doesn't deserve it or, but it's like, it just feels like they really, really hot shot at him when they didn't need to, you know, like, well, I, I mean, KOs did the same shit, so I don't, I don't know. That yeah, but that's that was sort of part of his heel character, though, right? Where he his whole deal was, oh, I'm going to cut the line. I'm not going to wait my turn for anybody, and yeah, it sort of fits <clears throat> him a little bit better than. I, I guess I it's hard to criticize them pulling the trigger on somebody when they're hot. It's just I yeah. don't think. I don't think Finn is in any danger of like losing his heat or anything, you know? Right. Yeah, I he's not maybe, that hot. No. If I would guess, I think maybe they want to be able to spend some time, like, because all of KO's stuff is built on these like personal feuds, like, have time to where, like, okay, we like knowing who his opponent's going to be so they can start to kind of build like what they're going to, like, what their interactions are going to be. And like, yeah. I guess invest the time into that, if I had to guess. But, yeah, it's definitely been quick, but he has been really good, I think, since he's debuted. Like, it doesn't seem like like he's not like Alexa Bliss getting a title shot. Like, you know, uh, no, 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 I just, right. you know, right. I guess we're hot shot in the next, you know. But this show, I thought was this episode was a little disappointing for me. I liked the opener, and I liked that we were in like a change of scenery. But the main event angle was disappointing, as we covered. The Alexa stuff, like we had a lot of kind of like whatever stuff in the middle, and um, we talked about it a bit, but there's just a lot of empty space on this because you just had a lot of like WWE PR shit 
And also these shows, we, we don't talk about it all that much. We talk about it when it interrupts the matches, but there's a lot of commercials on these, like more than you would expect. From so many. That doesn't have to have commercials. Like, so stupid. Like we're right well, especially in the middle of a match. Yeah. Yes. Right. But we have like, because they're about to have WrestleMania, you get a lot of like WrestleMania 31 promos. So you're getting a lot of that. So between the commercials and all the like Arnold Festival WWPR stuff, like there's a lot of empty space in mm-hmm. this one too that I think not a lot going on. So I went to step down. I went four out of ten on this one, right, Jenny? Yeah, that um that Sasha and Alexa shit really fucked it up and then K O'Reilly really I I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> we all just got lost. I, I don't know. It, it was like a fever dream or something. I don't know, but your things happen in Columbus. I'm gonna do four and a half out of out of ten. I'm also gonna give it four. I just um, the Sasha Alexa thing really sucked. The uh, the big Kaz uh, Wesley Blake thing really sucked. Um, yeah, the the stuff with Ko. I don't know. Just a weird payoff to. Um, what was kind of a, a long investment in, in a guy that now is just twisting in the wind. I don't know. Like, again, all all these matches do have a purpose. They they have a reason for existing. There's not any, like, just stupid time-filling junk. But mm-hmm. um, what they did do, I just uh, wasn't down for it for the most part. I just I just didn't dig this one. So can't win them all. It's fine. A wasted opportunity being on the road and shit, you know? Yes, yes. That that also dings it, you know? Mm-hmm. They, they could have really brought something here and used this as an opportunity, and I'm not sure they really made the most of it. They tried with the opener, but it just it went Right. If we south. had gotten more of that, yeah, if we had gotten more of that, we would have been like, yeah, it's solid outing here. Cool. Right. Well, I'll have some good news for you guys because the first thing we're going to get on our final one on the March 25th, 2015 episode is Alexa getting her big title shot against Sasha. So oh, great. It's a nice follow yeah. up. Sad um, But yeah, like early on, like watch this. It's like a weird thing where like you could just tell like who is kind of coming into their own in this match and who's like still working on it because like Alexa does like some cool moves and stuff, but everything just feels like a beat slow. Mm-hmm. Like in the way she executes yeah. it, like a little mm-hmm. bit too much setup. But yes. Then, like, and then like Sasha's heel stuff just looks so good. Like she has the mannerisms, her offense is nice and snug. Like she moves to everything quickly. She moves with a lot of urgency, like, um, like the bow and arrow, which has been one of her signature moves. But like, again, it's what we mentioned, but I feel like it shows even more because this is a bit of a longer match. Um, that you could just see just these, you know, they're each in two different realms right now. But uh, Sasha takes a nasty spill to the outside, so Alexa get a, gets a bit of offense. Um, Alexa hits like a little sunset flip bomb that gets the crowd behind her a bit. That was a pretty impressive move for her. She hesitates on the top for a second, and that uh, caused her to get locked in the bank statement. So, again, I, I didn't think it was a horrible showing for Alexa, but like we said in the match that set this up, she just kind of needs more time. She just seems a bit in over her head here. But a, a good defense for Sasha. I thought she looked really impressive in it. So I ended up going two and a quarter on it. I went a step up from the other match just because they had a little more time to do some stuff. And I did think Alex had a few good. Like, again, that kind of sunset flip bomb looked good. But 
Yeah, she just seems, like I said, or like everything is a bit slow. It's hard for her to go into an intense big title match that's getting some time like this and look too great because she's just not that crisp in the ring yet. So two and a quarter for me, just, you know, it is what it is. I get what they were going for, but I don't know if this really did much to elevate Alexa. I think it just kind of, I think it did more to shine her, like show her weaknesses than it did to kind of elevate her, unfortunately. That is a great point because one of my notes was her cheerleader style setups. Like she was like (laughs) for her transition, like that standing moons, whatever thing, the hop knee thing that she does. Um, (laughs) You know, she's like looking behind her. She's setting her feet. She's setting up for the flip. And like you see it, like, like you said, she has Mm -hmm. that. Nothing is fluid. It's all like, um, like gymnastics, you know, it's, it's, mm. it's more that than it is a fight. Cause if Sasha is anything, she, she will make it feel like a fight, you know, even if she's not being the best at it, she always brings that little edge. Um, and that just little something that Alexa doesn't seem to have yet or at all. Um, if I'm being honest, because I feel like her current stuff is not that far off from this, but that's just me. Anyway, um, but she did try. Like it was, it was definitely better than the fucking countout <laughs> match, <laughs> at least. So I did do the two and two quarter, um, two and one quarter stars, Tim. Uh, well, um. Yes, better than their last outing. Uh, I, I agree with the sentiment that there's an obvious mismatch here uh, because Alexa does seem to be like a step behind. You can tell she's like think she's actively thinking about what her next move is going to be. Mm-hmm. And whereas Sasha has that used to be Sasha. You know, you could say the same thing about her, but she has rounded that corner where it it does feel more instinctual where she doesn't have to think a lot of it has just become um, automatic for her. Mm-hmm. And and that's what you want to see in, in a solid, well-rounded professional wrestler. And yeah, the, the stuff that Alexa does do out there, it, it feels a little bit more, <laughs> I think you put it well, Jenny, gymnastics than simulated combat sports. Right. <laughs> um, you know, like very gymnastics based offense. I think you know, there's definitely a way to use those. There skills. is, mm-hmm. uh, like a like a Charlotte can use them. But mm-hmm. the one thing I will say that their sizes works for me because they're roughly the same size, and that is very tiny. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So they work together well more than people who are a little bit more mismatched. Yeah, I agree with that, too. And, and I mean, Alexa does, there are some bright spots. Um, like, when she hits that uh, that sort of rotating um, code red out of the corner, mm-hmm. um, I thought she pulled that off pretty decently. So, I mean, the, the stuff that she's able to hit, um, even if it's like a very kind of planned spot, it, it still works for what it is. Um, and, and I like the, the finish where it's just... Uh, Sasha, like being the wily veteran, capitalizing on Alexa's mistake and and just going in for the kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I thought that worked really well. So, 
um, what it sort of lacked for what it lacked in finesse. I, I think it kind of made up for in potential. I can I can see them with some more seasoning on Alexa's part having a real banger of a match. Mm. Like it, it just seems like they've got that in them. Um, they just aren't quite there yet. So again, maybe a gentleman's star rating, but two and a half for me. I thought it was a substantial improvement. All right. We will hit backstage where uh, KL, I love this. He says uh, he and Finn have both made a big impact since they showed up. They both made an impact in a very short time. One has done it by painting himself like a stupid demon. And the other one has made an impact by showing up, beating the champ's ass and wanting the title. So bring the demon on for my family, of course. Uh, uh, always, the, always for the fam. Family. For <laughs> He's the fam. like, uh, you know, if I have to, you know, murder a village for my family, you know, just for, for my, my family. family. You can excuse anything that you do hey. when you say hey. for my family. And that's what he is clued in. Especially in a Canadian accent. Especially right. then. when, Especially when you got a dad bod. And yeah, with a dad, yeah, uh-huh. and a lover Jack beard, you know. Love this burial of the demon. You know, you know, we've both done some cool stuff. You know, one of us painted ourselves like a stupid ass demon, <laughs> stupid wig on, and one of us, you know, is a asshole. <laughs> so good. Um, you always just up. want like, I mean, I mean, he can get away with it because he's not saying anything like. Um, yeah. Truly vulgar, but I right. mean, every now and then, you just you just want like. A, a baby face to step out of the, the television world of wrestling and just go, man, fuck you. Fuck you. I fucking hate you. You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> fuck See, you. That, fuck your family. Yeah. That, that is where Kevin has been like <laughs> the leader of the psychological game. Stick your whole family up your wife's cunt. Fuck you. <laughs> right. Just, just go all in on him the way that he does for these guys. Yeah, why don't you take your shirt off, asshole? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Let's have an ab off. <laughs> yeah, like, ab off. How about my fucking 12-pack abs, you stupid dick? And somehow he would still, like, win that. Like, he would make you look stupid. Yeah. Like, yeah. some comeback that would make you feel stupid for, like, God, he's just such an asshole. Yeah, he's so smart. Like, they do the, the follow-up video package after this, and he's it's just him kind of going, pushing the same points. But, yeah, he's just so smug, so condescending. It's, it's, it's the fat man's defense mechanism is what it is it really is because normally you cannot be fat and mean at right. the same time like right. it's just it doesn't compute it's not allowed <laughs> it's like it's like when you watched uh, thinner, thinner for uh, yes. freak out driving it's <laughs> yes. you, you can't be this asshole smug uh, uh crooked lawyer and, and be a big fat fuck at the same time just can't do it nope not possible and yet, right. and Owens. <laughs> we have emma she tells bailey that she told her <sighs> so about it and reiterates that bailey is too nice and she lost to becky because of it but bailey ain't having it she says she loves the nxt universe and she's not going to turn her back on the fans and so for that Emma slaps the piss out of her. Oh my god! <laughs> her ass out. No. Dude, I fell out my chair laughing at that shit. I, I did. Had some like hitting a child energy. I'm not gonna oh lie. Oh my like, god! I know. 
in the oh, ring, it's okay. But when die. she's acting like this Bailey character, where she's like, you know what? I just love all the just the shit out of her. <laughs> she also comes off as, uh, I mean, we've talked about this before. She, not so much lately, but the early Bailey character where she was almost a little bit like special needs. Um, <laughs> I don't, some, you know, some, I think we said, yeah. yeah. Keep it clean. Um, it <laughs> just it seems needlessly cruel. That's why I loved it. Right. Yeah, Sorry. I, I kind of lost it too. It was amazing. I mean, she slapped me. Like Emma, yeah. Emma shows back up out of there. nowhere. Yeah, Emma hasn't been here a month. She just shows up to start talking With shit. Just attitude, yeah. And then Bailey gives like one like <laughs> like respectful retort. <laughs> she just slaps her in the face. And she was trying she to like, she was like, you're, you're too nice. You're too nice, you see. And uh, you, you gotta get some back. Like, Look, bitch. I used to be a fun-loving idiot like you. And where did that get me? <laughs> With my bubbles. I can't Drummed out of here. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. You know the, you know the Booted my ass out of developmental. <laughs> you know the next problem is going to be Emma saying, like, uh, well, you know, I had to slap you because I'm trying to get you to understand. Like, eh, this is yeah. a different way. Oh, yeah. She could have gotten that Instead of blind trying to toughen her up, right? She is. I'm on Emma's side. Emma was right. Hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag Emma was to, right. I love that. I used to be a fun-loving idiot like you. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> I mean, pretty much y'all have said so. Stabbed in the bubbles. Yeah, uh, it's not bad. I mean, it does make sense. I mean, it's not, it does. Right. Right. We uh we continue this. The whole middle of the, I mean, it's really, we only have two matches on this episode. I was about really, to say, like, could we maybe get a match? Up? Yeah, they really bookended it with the two title matches and everything else is just kind of backstage shit. As we go to Tyler, um, <laughs> this is, a, oh my God, we have, we have such good heel, like dickhead. That, uh, so Tyler is getting interviewed and she says, uh, so Tyler, what's next for you? And he goes, wow, another high quality question, Barbara Walters. <laughs> It killed me. Man, after the slap, and then this was, like, directly after? It took me a minute. I was the, shook. The Barbara Walters reference got oh me good. Oh, my God. Fucking dying. Who pissed in their weed? He said, the Barbara <laughs> Oh, everybody's so mad. Be and then he says, uh, yeah, I beat Hideous Atami. <laughs> hideous. Hideous Atami. I think that's how I pronounced it, uh. Oh, God. Um, yes. Yes. Wow, another high quality question, Barbara Walters. <laughs> Such an asshole. Uh, but then Atami confronts him and it says that he forgot that I have beat you, Tyler. And so uh, we get to the end of this, they're going to have a two out of three falls match, I guess, because they've each what? beaten each other once. <laughs> but Tyler doesn't. Uh, Tyler doesn't actually agree to it, so there's a little drama there. But mm. yeah, uh, Tommy doesn't like come off as you know. He doesn't really set the world on fire with his mic skills here. No, no. <laughs> no I mean, he sucks. To, bye bye. Yeah, compared to what <laughs> we have seen on this show, come on. Hideous, Tommy. Uh, all right, we get another Dana Brooke package where she talks about her. Pretty much, she talks about she's a rockin' bod. What you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. Looking very bronze in her uh, mm-hmm. fitness modeling or whatever she's doing. So her character is going to be like I don't know, it's body fitness builder? model. 
Right. Doesn't really happen. We get a long breakdown of the upcoming, because I I guess this would have been that weekend that the show aired, but uh, a long rundown of WrestleMania play button. uh, Oh, yeah. But the main event of Brock versus Roman, so. Well, it had the the vigilante versus the king as well. uh, Oh, yes. Famous Japanese wrestler Sting. Yes. Yes. Take take it on Triple H. Yeah, we got that. We have, again, if we talked about all the commercials they had, like, good lord. Yeah, they play the, during these episodes, the Sting Triple H, like, video pack. Like you said, the Vigilante versus the... The Vigilante. (laughs) All right. I don't know. I, I have fond memories of, of WrestleMania play button. I uh, <laughs> like, like that one. Sure. Sure. All right. We continue. Um, an annoyed Finn says he doesn't need the demon to beat KO, um, followed by a um, a nice Finn package. Uh, a nice, nice Finn package, Finn package huh? yeah. I was waiting. I was waiting. <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to be respectful, and you gave us room to be lewd. No. Mm-hmm. On the softball. Mm. How about it? Um, it's about all that's soft, anyway. Um, <laughs> I did like how they brought in his um, international background, though, here, like talking about how he's won all these titles all over. That was kind of cool that they actually acknowledged that. So, um, and then he, of course, says how the demon allows him to channel his dark side. Yes, because more importantly, he's enigmatic, you see. Mm. Like Jeff Hardy. Right. Secret to his success. Um. Anyway, um, <laughs> we, I don't know. Just, <laughs> more, it's like Jeff Hardy without the Jake. Power. <laughs> well, anyway, huh? <laughs> Sorry, I just don't know how to get through all these. There's like literally 55 like segments and video packages. On the right. Parox right. Jen, did they book it this way? <laughs> all right, I'm gonna stop. We gotta get through this show. That's right. We now get a recap. We get a, a recap of KO pushing Alex Riley's shit in, and uh, they are all in on the yeah. Just we're all in on this match, the main event match, because we're not doing anything else except recapping shit. We then go to Wes and Bud, who interrupt Enzo's story about <laughs> Enzo's telling some ridiculous story about like. So I'm smacking some dude because he, I don't even remember his whole deal. But, uh, but anyway, Wes and Bud have an apology gift for Carmella after, uh, you know, accidentally assaulting her. What happened? Mm. It's a, uh, a fancy, <laughs> a fancy bracelet. And that uh, Enzo says, that's Fugazi fake. Fugazi <laughs> uh, fake. Fugazi. That's what he said. Fugazi. Fugazi. That's Fugazi fake. That was so funny. So, yeah, definitely going with some, like, uh, smoking guns, trying to sunny deal right here. Oh, sunny situation, yeah. Any thoughts? Do you guys think the bracelet was, was fugazi? I, I thought it was just hilarious how Enzo and Cass just shit on it immediately, like, as soon as right. they... And then she's like, at least they gave me some jewelry. Y'all never give me shit. Y'all never give me anything. Cost me my job at hair. Yeah, yeah. Fucking owe me money. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Where are my presents at? Probably got her it... sued by that customer. They spilled yeah. the, the, the hair removal stuff on the dog. I mean. 
I thought it was pretty pretty smart move on Wessenbud's um, mm-hmm. their half. All right, but with all that, we have finally arrived at our main event after that cavalcade. Oh. Okay. Tomfoolery. In our big uh, title match with uh, Finn and KO, uh, we have no demon, so keep that in mind, guys. No demon. Mm. Does not need the demon right now. Uh, it feels bigger than our typical TV main event, I have to say. Like, it feels like a, a big-time match, maybe because they have dedicated pretty much the whole episode to it, so that's made it feel big, too. Um, a lot of stalling and troll-based offense by KO here, uh, as we typically get from him. Uh, nice pop on the uh, Finn drop kick. Finn starts working the arm. Very mat-based, but they're keeping it energetic, I thought, even though they're working down the mat. Everything's nice and snug. A lot of jockeying for position. Um, they're trying to push on commentary, and I think it is accurate to what's going on in the match that Owens is trying to, like, kill the pace. Like, he doesn't want things to start going in Finn's preferred match style, so they're kind of pushing that. Um, and this is where I was like, okay, we need, as we say on a lot of these, but I thought it was really egregious on this one because this does feel like such a big match that you're dedicating the whole episode to. Like, even, like, on wrestling shows where they actually have to have commercials, they would do this, like on Nitro or something. Like, we're not going to have any more commercial breaks for the rest of this main event. Mm-hmm. Like, you're on your own network. Just stop the mm-hmm. fucking commercials. Stop, like, please. Like, it kills the whole you... momentum. Right. Like, if you're going to do that between your segments or whatever, that's fine. But just, you're not obligated. Don't do it. But uh, Finn, KO gets him outside, but Finn powers out of the powerbomb on the outside. Um, and again, the pace... It's not a quick pace, but I think the big spots are connecting. Like I wouldn't call it like plotting or or boring. It's I described it as dry. It's a very dry pace to this match. Yes, that makes any sense? But uh, not a wet but, pace at all. <laughs> no, mm. Not very moist. Oh, I love uh, a wet pace. <laughs> <laughs> um, Finn eats absolute shit on the whip to the turnbuckle. Um, they're start starting with the back and forth bombs now as they're starting to pick things up. Finn's gaining some steam. He catches Kale with a sling blade, hits a double underhook. Um, I like that he has to work a little extra hard to get Owen's big ass up for the double underhook. <laughs> he goes for the corner drop kick and KO dodges it and Finn's knee gets obliterated. Finn is taking some killer bumps, I thought, throughout this match. Like every time he takes all these big spots, like when he misses something or I don't know, I just thought he bumped really well in this. Owens is right on it. Uh, KO's such a dick, just standing on top of his leg like an asshole. Finn fights out of it. Savage double stomp uh, through the legs by Finn. Again, I thought his offense and his bumps all look great in this. KO reverses the superplex. Hits like a top rope muscle buster, which is pretty sick. Uh, Finn comes back as we're getting a lot of moves here. Um, first move perverts. Finn comes back. Knees. KO chop blocks yeah. some cannonball to the knee. So I like the variation of going after the knee with the cannonball. But he goes to the well too many times. Misses the third cannonball. Finn drop kicks the shit out of KO in the corner. Hits the coup de grace, but his knee is too fucked and just kind of in a perfect KO way, he just kind of grabs him, power bombs him, and wins the match. So, a long win, went a good like 20 minutes. Like we said, they dedicated most of the show to this, and so they gave him a lot of time despite the bullshit ass commercials thrown in there. But I thought they built momentum, momentum well in this one. All the big spots I felt like felt really impactful. I thought they avoided the the back and forth like just trading moves at the end. It didn't feel like that for me. It felt legitimate, like momentum swings, which is always cool. Um, like I thought this was a really like KO's impressed us before, but this is definitely the most impressed I've been with Finn probably just because of, he really looked like he was facing a guy who was like more powerful than him. 
and he got thrown around a lot. And like I said, all his bumps and stuff looked great. And the finish kind of fit the Owens character, just kind of like it wasn't any cool reversal or anything. He just kind of he's like tired because he's been in this match for 20 minutes. He knows Finn can't do anything because his knees fucked up. So he just kind of grabs on power bombs him. So, yeah, I thought it was a great match. I don't know. I thought they told the story. Well, the obvious direction they're going is that, of course, like Finn's going to need the demon. Like you can kind of see that coming. But either way, I went four on it. I thought this match was a banger. Um, I think both guys were awesome. Um, loved the the pace of it, the the build, even though it was a 20-minute match. I never really got bored. So, yeah, I think it delivered. If you're going to dedicate the whole episode pretty much to this one match, I thought it um, it paid off, uh, Jenny. So I went at four. Yeah. Um, it, it's a lot better payoff than what we got from the Alex Riley match. So, you know, there's, there's something good there. Um, Finn did look good. Finn... Finn, Finn is interesting because he really does bump around well. Like, he always looks hurt to me. He always looks like he's hurting. Um, like, that knee stuff. Like, I was buying all of that stuff, and but he was still gutting it out. So, I thought it was very gutsy performance um, and a cold, cold one from KO, but more heated. Um, it's not super personal like it was with like a Sammy, um, but it's more of like putting Finn in his place and, um, he doesn't, he doesn't seem as detached like he did in the, in the Riley stuff. Um, but it's still not a huge deal for him to have to beat Finn, if that makes sense. It's a good challenge for him right now, Mm. but it, it wasn't, it's not, to me, it wasn't an all time classic. Um, good, solid, long main event, and it's like beginning to be that black and gold, long-term, big kick-out, bomb-throwing move shit (laughs) that made me fall in love with NXT to begin with. So, KO, because I wondered in this journey, like, at what point Am I going to start seeing the things that I eventually ended up loving about NXT when I started watching it? And it seems to be KO, from what I can tell. He seems to be the catalyst that has really taken the whole promotion up another level. So, all that being said, I did the four as well, Tim. All right. Um, You know, uh... I had this as a three and three quarters, kind of a cowardly three and three quarters, if you will. (laughs) Not at all gentlemanly. Um, I think you guys have each talked me up to a four. Nice. Um, Yeah, because it is, it is, it does remind me of that, like kind of bomb throwing balls out NXT style of long matches kind of a grueling pace um, mm-hmm. stuff for the move perverts uh, that I love so much about this promotion as well. It just gives us a, a taste of that. So I kind of want to reward it for being the NXT that, that I think of when I think of how much I love in old school NXT. Right. Um, and it, yeah, I, I mean, with KO, you're going to get that sort of, um, stalling based offense 
because because that's his thing. He he doesn't want it. He doesn't want anyone to gain any momentum on him. So he's going to do a lot of stalling until a guy hits a big spot. Um, but when he takes over, when he takes control, he's going to try to slow it down. Um, to your point, Jenny, this this is not like the the big personal rivalry like that he has with uh, Sammy. So it is a little bit. Um, a little bit colder, you know, it, it is a little bit um, drier, I guess is the, the term that Jake used. Um, but it all still works really well in terms of having that, uh, I hesitate to say real sports feel, <laughs> but um, it reminds me of a, um, you know what it actually reminds me of more so than probably a, uh, a later era NXT match, but like a, like a really good, uh, John Cena main event style match when like when Cena was really on his game and working main events um, and just killing it uh, he would do these types of matches that would start out sort of slow and then would build and build a little bit by bit until you had a pretty sick um, finish and and that's kind of what this was to me in, in ways that um you know, worked really well for a, I mean, I, this is a TV main event easily could have been like a, a takeover main event um, compared to, you know, the takeovers we've seen thus far. I'd, I'd put it up against some of those um, main events. Maybe not like, uh, maybe not like um, Sammy Neville, um, but it pretty much maybe anything since then it's, it's pretty competitive yeah. with. Uh, the only thing that, I don't know, this is maybe just a personal bugaboo. I don't know. It almost seems like this match shouldn't be happening yet. Again, like, I talked about how Finn is already the number one contender. It's it's never really a bad thing to pull the trigger on a guy when he's hot, but it's Finn seems like the really the champion in waiting. He's the next. He should be the next guy in this promotion after KO has had his day. Like it. It just seems to me that Finn is the dude who should take the belt off of him. And I kind of feel like when that happens, it shouldn't be in a rematch. You know what I mean? It's so. It's it's like did they sort of blow their wad a little bit early here. Um, I'm, I'm never going to, I'm never going to complain about getting a great match. Let's face it. Um, but is it the best, is it really the best decision long-term in terms of where we're going to go from here? Like, okay, so now KO is not only this dominant champion. Um, he took the wind out of Sammy sales before he even really got going as champion. He's already beaten, the you know the the number one contender the next logical choice to carry the belt so what do we do um yeah i think it's going to depend on how how invested you can get yourself into the demon thing probably because that, mm-hmm. you know, like that almost makes it feel like it's a different match if he channels the demon or right. and to me i've always thought that was like whatever who gives a shit right. like <laughs> i mean like it just fucking Shakespeare in the park, whatever. Like, um, <laughs> I just, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's a cool entrance, but let's not go crazy. It's not, I don't know. Um, 
so yeah, they, they, I guess they are putting a lot of stock in. Oh, well, if if he unleashes the demon, that's you know that's when you know he's gonna win. It's like all right. Um, all of a sudden he's Goldberg when he does a mm-hmm. weird carnage cosplay. All right, gotcha. <laughs> Rastafarian, yeah, the Rastafarian. Rastafarian carnage. Now, now he's fucking Andre the Giant. Sure, let's. <laughs> so, all right. Anyway, um, I mean, I, I like Finn. I, sh- I shouldn't be burying him like that, but yeah, um, I'm going. Yeah, going four stars on on just this match in a vacuum. <laughs> Great match. Um. I don't necessarily love what it represents and where, what it foretells for, for the future. Um, but fuck it. I'll take it. Should have been a four star Alex Riley match. Was, yeah. That's what we needed instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So getting to the, the rating, I, I struggled a bit to rate this episode because it is so much built on this and it takes a path to show this great match. But it was a little hollow in the middle, and the you know the the women's title match was fine. Uh, but I did like some of the promos, so I thought about that after. Like I love the <laughs> the Tyler Breeze uh, Barbara Walters thing. Like there was some fun stuff thrown in the middle. So I ended up actually going to seven out of ten, just because like I didn't really mind this whole like just focusing on these two matches and giving this this big main event like you know almost dedicating the whole show to it, and it paid off. So seven out of ten for me, Jenny. I'm right there with you, 7 out of 10. It's, um, it is hard to rate, but definitely out of the three, it's it stands above the rest, Tim. I'm fine with it, yeah. 7 out of 10 for me, too. Um, maybe we could have had, like, maybe one more match in the middle, but this is two title matches that really do get some, some, uh, some time bookending the show. It's only a 60-minute TV wrestling program. You can have some fluff in them. Like, it was entertaining enough. It's not like... Um, it's not like after a few a few of those backstage vignettes, I was like, okay, now I'm dying, right? It was like... It felt a little bit unusual because it's not what we're expected to see. There was a point where I was like, are we going to get another match here? What's but but it wasn't like I was sitting there going, oh God, put me out of my misery, you know. Mm-hmm. So and I think that's a big difference. If this had been a two-hour show with two matches, um, <laughs> we would feel quite differently, I think. Mm. But uh, this was, you know, it was an easy watch. Um, not not a ton of in-ring action, but what we got was uh, pretty damn good. We'll get to our awards. I think these are going to be pretty straightforward. Best match. I guess we're all on that main event. KO Finn. One of the best best matches we've. Yeah, definitely. Non-takeover match. I mean, this might be the best non-takeover match we've seen on one of these. Um, worst match. I think I, it's hard because I I think I'm going to go the Alexa Sasha count out. Because it was, I guess the. Anything lower than that was like not a quote unquote real match, and I felt like that yeah. was supposed to be a real match. So I'm, I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, I totally agree. I felt the same way. All right, rising. Uh, definitely Finn is on his meteoric rise. Mm-hmm. Um, Wes and Bud, I think steady moving. Enzo and Cass too. And, and yep. Mella, the whole group. Mella, they were. Yep. On, yeah, they're being elevated into the title picture. Uh, I'm Tyler. Yep, Tyler's back in the fall. On the way back up after yeah. being in the doldrums a bit. 
Um, I would even add Alexa. I mean, I know that the first match sucked, but she kind of made up for it in that rematch. It's clear that they want to push her. It's just a question of, can she carry her into the bargain? Right. Anybody else rising for you guys? Um, Jenny rising when Alex Riley is... Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Falling, unfortunately, I think... It's weird. Like, I feel like in the course of these episodes, Alex Riley was both rising and then he fell. <laughs> like, that, yeah, uh, pretty much. So he kind of ends up on falling, I guess. What goes up so. must come down. I mean, right. Yeah. So fuckable before the match, not fuckable after. <laughs> All right. Now he's a loser. They have a job now. I mean, yeah. Well, hey, there's there's always those, uh, was that season one episode of Glow where he, he bangs out. Um, Debbie, so oh sure, yeah. Worth revisiting, I guess. Um, Lucha Dragons as a team falling, even though Kalisto may be rising, oh. I guess. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else is falling. I don't know. Uh, I guess a Tommy. He's just kind of. Oh yeah, he's declined. He yeah. already splattered on the rocks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> splattered on the rocks. <laughs> He um, fell. He already had to fall. Anyone else falling for you guys? Everybody's kind of. No one's. Uh, I mean, can CJ Parker. Splattered, reconstructed, splattered again. He, he's down there on yeah. the rocks waiting for everybody else. He's falling. picketing yeah. against people falling from the yeah. sky. Writhing, writhing on the rocks right now. Avoiding Alex Riley's body. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, MVP easily KO. And I think Jenny made oh, a good yeah. point earlier. Like, I feel like as much as Sammy and like, um, and Neville were big, I think not only KO, like, I think his character is just, I don't know. I feel like since he's shown up, we've seen a lot less of the like cringy dumb shit that we used to see. Like, I feel like the tone has shifted a bit, like mm-hmm. since he's debuted. I don't know if that's all just because of him, but I think he kind of symbolizes it a bit, but he's definitely the MVP gotta be he's walking around backstage going i don't want to see any more of that cringy dumb shit (laughs) a fighting champion for my family um family (laughs) yeah i mean i it's definitely ko he and as the champion he is the most compelling character on the show and that is as it should be and i i think Mm -hmm. that's something like a lot of wrestling promotions weirdly enough seem not to get that Seems like a lot of, I don't, know, I don't want to get off on a whole AEW thing, but <laughs> like, it's weird how a lot of these promotions seem to have this attitude of, oh, we got to give everybody like equal time and treat them with equal importance. And it's like, no, your champion is the most important part of your show. And if they're not, then why are they the champion? And uh, NXT here in 2015 certainly gets it. Um, LVP, I'm trying to think, I mean, you could just go like CJ Parker, but I mean, like, it's weird. Like I almost want to, right. even though he said she was rising, I weirdly want to say Alexa Bliss in a weird way, just cause <laughs> she didn't totally deliver in the spot, but it's not really her fault. I don't know. <laughs> Jason Jordan, he wasn't there, but <laughs> he's still somehow the least valuable. Right. Uh, <laughs> I guess a Tommy. First yeah, I would definitely. Like, yeah. Say it oh man, that's brutal. Because 
uh, Alexa is, you know, she uh-huh. is so- showing some growth. Tommy's just, he he just didn't show anything yeah. for months. Yeah. He's, yeah. yeah, the thing is, like, we don't have as many people, like, stinking it up anymore, so. Mm-hmm. Well, and he should be. Have, right? Like, you don't have yeah. Marcus Louie holding it down. Right. <laughs> spot anymore. Right. It's, it's, you know, it's that, um, he's like that, uh, that stock who was supposed to, you know, take off big time that you threw all your money in. You, you bought when it was, when it was low and it just kept sinking <laughs> and you're just like, what the fuck, man? You know? And that's cause it was like supposed to, supposed to be so much more than, than what it is. And that's unfortunately the story of Hideo Itami. <laughs> best moment uh i'm trying to think maybe the finn, oh, I'm, that's finn, K, finn ko deal from the episode. um emma slap emma slapping bailey oh, yes <laughs> i love the nxt universe <laughs> <laughs> shut up bitch <laughs> oh god it was amazing yeah love it all right. Well, that that wraps us up. Uh, eventful three episodes, I have to say. Like, I feel like at least things are happening on these because we used to go through like three episodes stretching yeah. where it felt like jack yeah. shit happened. So it's we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, Jenny, yeah. what do you have going on um, in your podcast world? In my podcast world, I have just recently wrapped up an entire month of freakout drive-ins on the North South Connection. So we. Uh, Finish that grand finale with the fly featuring <laughs> Tim Capel, even though it fell on a, uh, you know November second. Um, it's still part of <laughs> Freak Out Drive In because still, still Halloween month as far still, as I'm yeah concerned. yeah hell yeah. So it falls into the window. Um, and so I will have uh, new stuff coming up. Uh, for Halloween I did an episode of um, Bianca's first time where we watched Sleepy Hollow. Some good jokes in that. Uh, we go off on a whole tangent. It's pretty good uh, for me and B. So, um, also a new episode of Talking WCW is right here on the Place to Be Nation Wrestling feed, and it is also Halloween focused on Halloween Havoc uh, with the three greatest matches of all time from that pay per view, and. I always do um, my main wrestling, <laughs> I guess, show the most consistent one is uh, the Extreme Freeway Dance on the North South Connection. And that goes to the history of ECW. And we are in 1997. So things are happening. And also I'm on Twitter at Jenny Position. Um, yes. So, um I you can find me on that same episode of talking to WCW that uh, Jenny mentioned. We chose the three greatest matches from the entire history of Halloween Havoc um, that we have not talked about already because we have Correct. talked about many many matches from the star-studded history of Halloween Havoc on that great podcast. So you know if we haven't talked about it already, you know we we, we picked the three best after that. Um, I have a podcast uh, with my good pal, JT Rosero. It is called 9021 No So. 
you will find it by searching 90210 so in your preferred podcatcher <laughs> app. That's right. It is on its own feed. It's its own thing. And it's its own show. We're doing a chronological rewatch of Beverly Hills 90210. We're already in season two. We're making good progress through season two. We're going to be wrapping up that uh, mini summer season of those first kind of seven, six, seven episodes uh, of season two with a very special guest. We'll uh, have that for you uh, pretty soon. It's not out yet, but you can look forward pretty consistently. Those episodes drop uh, every two to three weeks there on 9021 No So. So leisurely pace, but it works well for us and we're making damn good progress. Uh, Beyond that, I would say you can find me. I am at Psych68 on Twitter. C-Y-K-E-6-8 on your Twitter machine. Uh, Is that all I've done, Jenny? I think it is. Because most of it's with you. Yeah, true. Of course, as usual. <laughs> as it should be. Mm, agreed. Um, as for myself, I have the Ruth is the Aggressive podcast over on North South Connection podcast feed. Um, on the road to WrestleMania 19. A lot of fun stuff there. Man, get Jay to watch some Hollywood rock. Maybe it'll turn, change her opinion a bit on the rock. Maybe uh, mm-hmm. checking out that character. Um, I do Highway to the Impact Zone. We're rounding out 2005 in TNA. Um, watching AJ Styles smash his neck every week. Um, Samoa Joe squashing motherfuckers. That's a lot of fun. Uh, and YouTube Roulette, where we watch some random uh, matches. Did a Halloween uh, based episode. We watched a lot of um, horrifying matches, which are mostly horrifyingly bad, but it was a lot of fun. That pie is always fun. I watch some stuff that I usually don't watch unless I'm doing that pod, which is cool, but that's about all I got going on. Um, I guess we should thank our hypothetical fans for tuning in as always. Mm, thanks, uh, you guys. Thanks. Uh, Even though you don't have ears being hypothetical fans. And you but... don't exist, so it's fine. Right. Okay, well. Like the Rougarou, which totally exists. The Rougarou, yes. So, we'll exists, be back. yes. so we'll be back. Um, we'll be back hopefully soon, and we'll cover some more NXT. Watch out for the Rougarous, as even though Halloween's passed, it is still Rougarou season. Now. The Rougarou does not does not respect mm-hmm. seasons. He's always <laughs> yeah. in the swamp. He doesn't hibernate, right. so be be careful. Look out for the Rougarou. We'll, we'll see you next time on PTB NXT. PTB NXT has left the building.